Ho, 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 and happy holidays. Welcome back to episode three of Will and Ava's Christmas Movie Marathon. I'm Will Bricka. And I'm Ava Brown. That's right. And we're here watching high, no, high concept, low low budget Christmas Christmas movies. movies. Um, Thank you guys for listening. This is our third episode. Our third official episode. We do have an episode in between. It's a bonus with, it's an interview with Willow. Willow Doherty from Cupid for Christmas. They were absolutely great. They gave us some insight on how that movie um, was made. So and check that. Yeah, please, check that out. Please check it out because I mean, if you were like us and you're fascinated by the inside baseball of Shenandoah University, you might be interested in this. Indeed. So that's definitely worth a check out. So shout out to Willow. We also want to shout out our friend Reese yes. for recommending a Karate Christmas Miracle. The second film we'll be talking about this episode. It was. I won't. I won't give any spoilers because yeah. it's the second episode. But oh, we have the some second thoughts. movie. Or se- yeah, the second part of this episode. That's right. So w- let's kind of set up this episode. So we have mm-hmm. had two episodes now. Both movies, all four movies we've talked about, both episodes have been romances. Yes. So we decided we're going to spice things up because there's more to low budget, high concept Christmas B movies than romance movies, than Hallmark Channel ripoff movies. Today, we are tackling two films that purport themselves as family films, neither of which are even remotely appropriate for children. They absolutely, truly are not. I, I, I I actually cannot stress that enough. If you're watching this podcast or listening to this podcast and you're thinking to yourself, hmm, maybe this would be a good idea to recommend to my children some of these movies that we talk about, do not do that. Yes. These are evil, evil, evil movies on so many levels. These are perhaps the most evil movies that we have watched yet. Yes. And we've watched an evil movie. And we have seen our share of, 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 of feature films. So tonight we're going to be talking about Three Bears Christmas 2019. Directed um, by William Butler. Um, and before we get... Not to be confused with William Butler uh, Yeats. Yeats? And who's that, Ava? He's a poet. Um, so William <laughs> Butler, before we get into our, our standard plot breakdown and assessment and analysis of these films, William Butler, I think it's worth mentioning, is kind of... B movie royalty a yeah, little bit. Yeah, you you found this out in your research, right? Like yes, he's yeah. kind of a big deal in this world that he, we're diving into. He is has been for the past couple years writing and directing low budget projects, but he might be most famous as an actor mm-hmm. in films such as Friday the thirteenth, The New Blood, uh Ghoulies Two, and um The Night of the Living Dead, nineteen ninety remake directed by tom savini wow he had so he has kind of a prominent career as a b-movie actor but he also is a writer director and we are talking mm-hmm. about and, and, his... and, and, and it looks like he has 29 director credits so it's not yeah. like this is like the only movie that he's made oh yeah yeah he's uh, i i recommend perusing his imdb his his most recent like success is a movie called baby oopsie um, which is a title that, you know, just oh, begs I, I, you to press play. I, I wonder what oopsie this baby might have made. But today we're tackling his film from 2019, Three Bears Christmas, which 
is kind of a half retelling of the classic tale Goldilocks Goldilocks. and the Three Bears, um, but set at Christmas. Ava, as is customary Uh, with our first film, kick things off. What is William Butler's Three Bears Christmas? Yeah, so I'm sure you can tell by the tone of my voice that, you know, I... I did not like this movie. I actually found this movie infuriating. So I'll, 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 I'll take you through the journey about his Three Bears Christmas because it is a journey. It is. We, it's a hero's journey. It's very Joseph Campbell. Oh, it's a journey in many other ways. It's a, it's a trudge for blood and bone. That's true because it's technically not a movie. It, 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 should, it should not be a movie. Uh, we should note both of these films and, are and not people, movies. People have... People have, you know, asked like, oh, are you guys sponsored by Amazon Prime? Are you guys sponsored by Hulu? No, no. We're not sponsored by anyone. No, we're not sponsored is, by anyone. We have we're doing no this money. out of the love of the of the game. I only mention what services we watch these so on. So that you can watch it. So that you know where you can watch them on a streaming service that you may already have a subscription yeah. to. So both, uh, I should say right out the gate, both of the films we watched tonight, we did watch through... Uh, Our Amazon Prime subscription, yeah. but both of them were with ads through IMDb, IMDb TV. TV, and or um, Tubi. Yeah, second but, one Tubi, but Three Bears Christmas is IMDb TV, correct? Yes, yes. So Ava, right. what is Three Bears Christmas? So, what is this journey? I, I feel in the, in order to talk about Three Bears Christmas, I have to like truly like talk about like every aspect of the movie, including like how the credit sequence works, because the title credits is so long. We hear, it is very long. We, so. Uh, you know, it's the classic like book opening, like introducing character title yes. credits thing. Um, looks horrible. Bad CGI. Horrible CGI. They probably paid for like five seconds of the CGI and yeah. then had to reuse it over and over All again. All of the images of the actors, and they introduce every actor yes. in the movie, yes. regardless of how major the role. Yes. Um, they. All the images look like crazy, like, like deep, fried. deep fried almost. Yeah. Yeah. And. and and while this title sequence is going on, there's a beautiful song. <laughs> That's right, a beautiful song. There's a beautiful, a beautiful new Christmas song. classic. As we were watching it, Will was like, "Is this a Glenn Campbell song?" And the guy sounded like Glenn Campbell, but no, yeah, it was in fact like, our story's narrator, Felonious Fuzz Fuzztail. Felonious Fuzztail was singing. Who is is a you know more or less this story's like you know. Um, Burl Ives character like the Burl uh, uh, like that that the snowman from Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer yeah Felonious Fuzzfoot what Fuzztail I I thought it was Fuzzbutt Fuzztail the tail Felonious Fuzztail is is singing he's singing he's playing the guitar he's singing a song and then he's like oh hello there Ava I think we're kind of putting the cart before the horse here okay because before you find out his name is Felonious <laughs> Fuzztail, and before you find out that he's our narrator, and even before the him? mind can associate that he is the one singing the song you heard over the opening credits, mm-hmm. you see the monstrosity that is his Felonious his, so, his unfortunate image. Yeah. This movie is live action. Yes. It's um, not a cartoon. It's not a cartoon. It probably should have been a cartoon. Because the makeup in this movie is so fucking uncanny and terrifying, it makes you want to die. Yeah. It is. So he's like a bear. He has like bear fur, like a cheap bear suit, but his face is like painted like makeup and with a prosthetic nose. Yeah, like an almost and like two plastic. Buck teeth. 
Yeah. Because I guess bears have buck teeth. Well, he's like a country bear. He's like, oh, I'm a country. He's kind of. Yeah. He like I said, he's kind of like, he's like a good old boy, like the snowman from I, Rudolph. Who, who puts the snowman from? Isn't Bing? Isn't Bing Crosby the snowman? No, Who's, it's Burl Ives. Really? Uh, yeah. yeah, you're probably. Who's Bing? Bing Crosby's in some Christmas movie. You're thinking of Fred Astaire and Santa Claus is coming to town. Fred Astaire is, a, and he plays the mailman. And that's the same movie where you think the villain of that is a literal Nazi. Where I think Burger Meister Meisterburger is a Nazi, yeah, and that's confirmed. But we're getting but, off um, track here. Yeah. Let's try Flo- to explain yeah, Flo- the way these animals look. Yeah, Felonious Fuzztail. So we get we. It's a makeup painted face with a prosthetic nose. Yes, yeah, snout. Teeth, like painted on black eyebrows. And every time he speaks, it's like he's fighting against the prosthetic. Yes. So only like the bottom of his mouth is yes. seen moving. Imagine like the really good prosthetic makeup in Wizard of Oz, the, yes. the Cowardly Lion. Imagine if that looked just like dog shit. Yeah, really Like terrifying. if it was made with Play-Doh. Yeah. Like if instead of like doing really good prosthetics, they use Play-Doh on the Cowardly Lion. That's what the bears in Three Bears Christmas look like, cr- yeah. looks like. It's really, really. That's what harrowing. all the animal creatures kind of look. Yeah, and like. all yes, and all the. Cr- oh my god, including the one in black. Okay, okay, okay. okay sorry, we'll get I'm, ge- I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm getting myself ahead of myself. I shouldn't talk about the black face animal yet. Yes, we'll get there. So. Three Bears Christmas. Felonious Fuzztail tells a story. He tells uh, his little creation story. <laughs> so, yeah, there is a bit of a creation myth. So, so once upon a time, there a, was a great forest. There's, yeah. there's a great, beautiful forest where all the animals were happy. And we see the forest, and it's a stock footage of forests and plants. Yes, and lots of stock footage so in this movie. So much stock footage. It's, it is infuriating infuriating how much stock footage is in this movie. A distracting every, amount of stock every footage. Every single like establishing shot or cutaway is stock footage. They shoot absolutely nothing in this movie other than the literal characters acting. Yes. Like if yeah. a character is not on screen, it is stock footage. That's a rule of thumb in this movie. Okay, so we get the stock footage, and they're talking about, oh, once upon a time, there was this beautiful, uh, wonderful forest, and then it was desecrated all by... all the animals were like normal animals. They're just normal, they're normal, tiny little animals that didn't talk. And then the forest was desecrated by evil humans, and they show the humans, act, the actors that are humans. Yes. And it's like some guys in like jeans and like a weird blouse, because like they can't afford to get like good like period piece like clothing like i think they wanted them to look like they're from like the middle ages yeah probably but it's he's like literally wearing like aeropostale jeans yeah, they and wanted him to like wear like robin hood's standard get up yeah but he just looks like he's like coming from like the job site yeah which is crazy because like i feel like robin hood era like costumes aren't that expensive to like either a hand like make to find yeah like you can just find go to, like them. any theater department anywhere yeah it's like it's like you literally just need to buy some like fucking tights from american apparel yeah and then just get like an uh, old tiny like blouse from like a community a theater. tunic and a belt like yeah. and then you're done but no he's wearing fucking aeropostale jeans <laughs> like 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 light wash jeans skinny and, and they're like walking through the forest and they're cutting down trees and shit or later going to down trees. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if like the rest of humans cut down trees. It's kind of confusing. But so the story, the thing about this movie is that it's deeply confusing. Yes, in it's, terms it's of how kind it's of hard to follow. But so there, eventually, there, there's a huntsman. Yeah, there's a huntsman. There's a huntsman. All right, huntsman, his wife, and their infant, and their infant, and, and they're walking girl. through the forest, and they go to cut down a 
300-year-old tree, because that's, I guess, the oldest tree there. Which, which is, is kind of like not the oldest tree I've ever heard about. Yeah, that's like so unimpressive. Like, I literally just saw a TikTok the other I day. Mean, that's older than any person I've met. Yeah. It's older than some turtles. But I just saw a TikTok the other day and they like showed a tree that they cut down in like the California Redwoods and it was older than uh, Jesus, if you believe in that sort of thing. <laughs> wow. But... <laughs> but, um... Anywho... Um... But anyhow, this they cut down the 300-year-old tree and ah, Mother Nature pops out. Because this was Mother Nature's Christmas tree. It was, the, it was the most beautiful Christmas tree of Mother Nature. It was Mother Nature's Christmas tree. So she pops out of the clouds and she's like this like 45-year-old woman in bad makeup. And like she just looks bad. So she looks – I looked her up. I looked up every actor beautiful? in this movie. She looks extremely normal. Well, she looks. Ba- they did her they, dirty in this movie. Yeah, they made they had a her bad look makeup in the makeup weird, and like Mother Nature isn't supposed to be scary because there is a villain in this movie. Yeah, she's supposed to be a beautiful matriarch, but she looks like kind of weird and scary and kind of uh, yeah off-putting. She is truly off-putting. This bitch <laughs> pops out of the sky. Well, Ava, you're talking about Mother Nature. I'm here. sorry. I'm sorry, Mother Nature. She pops out of the sky, and she's like Huntsman. You are banished from these woods and you are not allowed to celebrate Christmas anymore. And also unrelated, but now all the animals walk onto your feet and wear clothing and celebrate and, and Christmas. And speak in English. And he's speaking English. And that's like her like curse. It, it's, and I swear to God, it's literally that incomprehensible. Like it yeah. doesn't make sense. It's like, wait, how was he punished? Oh, and I think like the mom disappears, but it's not super clear. Yeah, the mom, the mom disappears and and sort of vaguely... Mother Nature won't allow humans in the woods anymore. It's really, really unclear, though. Yeah. And in the movie, it's kind of not really followed through, as we find out. So we hit back with Felonius Fuzztail. He's like, so now that you know that, let me tell you what we're actually here to talk about. (laughs) We're here to talk about fucking Baby Bear. (laughs) Yeah, and we go to Papa Bear and Mama Bear's house, where them, their son, Baby Bear... And all their other animal friends, like Mr. Skunk and Mrs. Skunk and Mrs. Possum and Mama Beaverton and her son, Benny Beaverton, are all singing and cooking and getting ready to celebrate Christmas. And this is where we meet our two of our main characters, Baby Bear and Benny Beaverton. Mm-hmm. And we learn there's a little clash there. They're best friends. Yeah. But Benny is a, is a pig. He's a glutton. Yeah, he can't. Every time there is food in front of him, he's he gotta eat it, and down. he's gotta eat it all. Also, okay, no one on Benny Beaverton is costuming. Benny Beaverton is in blackface. Benny, a little bit, yeah, kind of. Like, at not, least in the eyes and the mouth. Yeah, like, and it, and it, it really <laughs> looks like it a yeah, little bit. Yeah, because Will was like, "Oh, did they hire like a black actor to play Benny Beaverton?" And I was because like, "Because oh. you can see his skin very much has a certain." Yeah, they, you can see like the skin around his eyes, and it's like it's like. It looks like he's like a like an African American boy, yeah, or just, or maybe just an African boy, and <laughs> he might not have to. He doesn't have to be American. It's true. And and though Benny Beaverton does speak with an American dialect, yeah, but he he could, you know, you don't know. That's true. He could Benedict be Benedict Cumberbatch speaks in a in a and, American dialect in the power, the power of the power dog. of the dog. Yeah, he could be like Canadian. This is true. No, and, you're right. And I can't really tell Canadian accents, but. Is this African American? You think he's African American or something? We find out later. Spoiler alert! We find out later. It's a little we white won't boy. How we find that out? You won't because believe that's how also we found insane. It out. 
But, but it turns both out, Benny turns and out, his mom are white actors. They're white, but they took a paintbrush and they painted their faces black. And then they added beaver prosthetics and he became a little black beaver. And I think that's so funny and stupid. Like, yeah, it definitely <laughs> looks a little weird. It's not. It's like it's it's not racist. I am joking. Like I don't. I'm not accusing um whoever fuck Butler William Butler William Butler um movie B star B movie star not movie B star B movie star. That's a notable difference. Yes, I'm not accusing you of racism, William Butler no. Yeats. But it does look a little silly from but the it, outside it, looking it, in. It made us giggle. Yeah. Anyhow, anyway. This beaver's eating everything. And we come to a realization. <laughs> baby bear goes, oh, no. I have forgotten to get my yeah. mom oh my God. a yeah. Christmas gift. Yeah, he's like, I don't have a Christmas gift. And, and baby, be- baby beaver's like, we're kids. We don't have to give Christmas gifts. Yeah. Because he's Benny, like a bad kid. <laughs> Benny Beaverton comes from a household of privilege. Yeah. Uh, where where his parents are like, oh, don't get me Christmas presents. When clearly, Baby Bear, there's an expectation. Yeah, you should get it. That he gets the, mom the and dad Christmas like, presents. We're about to be gr- men, grown ups. That's true. Baby Bear does say the line where he's like, we are literally about to be men. <laughs> but like, they're like like ten. They're so small. <laughs> they're like um, sub- they're like considerably under bar mitzvah yeah. age. They're yes. not going to be men anytime soon. So, Baby Bear and Benny Beaverton mm-hmm. make a pact. They, they, they shake hands. They're like, all right, tomorrow morning, we're going to get up at the crack of dawn before our parents wake up mm-hmm. on Christmas Eve to go <laughs> like and all good fi- children do. Yes, to go and find our mothers the perfect <laughs> Christmas gift. But language is very important in the movie. The perfect Christmas gift <laughs> and return home before yeah. our evening Christmas celebration and we'll present these gifts to our moms and we'll be good yeah meanwhile whoosh take you to the other side of the forest that's right that's Goldie right Locks, sucker goldilocks is sadly goldilocks well, you know, her Gold- name, she's only referred to as goldie okay, all right goldie who you might remember from the famous story goldilocks is sadly looking out her cottage window that is undecorated for christmas and she's saying to her father she's like oh Oh, you hear about music and those lights? I hear the animals. Why do I hear the animals? Why don't we celebrate Christmas? And the huntsman, her father, is remembered like, from earlier. Remembered from earlier is like Goldie. We don't celebrate Christmas, and it's only brought us misery and pain. And that is for the animals, who you may never be friends with, never talk to animals, and never go in the forest, and never go in the forest. You cannot be friends with animals. And that's when in the movie you realize that this movie is a um. A metaphor for it's racism. It's an allegory, yes. It's about racism. It's like, okay, like... Yes, this film is about prejudice. The animals represent black the people, other. I guess. They represent the other. And, and, and then Goldilocks is a white girl. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Which is kind of fucked up. <laughs> Goldilocks packs her basket full of cookies and cakes and, and little Christmas treats and, like, apples and she's like, I'm going off into the forest. Yes, I'm a bad kid. I'm going to show the animals. Like, they're they going to be my friends. I don't think she ever even says that. I mean, he just walks out. No, she says, like, something like, the animals wouldn't be upset with me when they see I come with, yeah. you know, this food. Well, she's so, but she sneaks out. Huntsman yes. doesn't, doesn't know, but she sneaks out. She sneaks out. Yes. She sneaks out. And, like, she's like, I can't remember. We cut back to, um, 
beaver and no we do we cut back to them because they're looking for a perfect gift for their you know parents oh my god and and then to explain their journey we don't get to see their journey oh yeah we don't get to see their journey we see them walk like down like one section of the forest one little path one little path and then it cuts to a ugly horrible like map animation yeah, and who, who comes in but felonius explains our, to us. our our helpful little exposition bear who they we just see their footprints walk along a map and he like explains things that sound awesome i don't even think they even showed the footprints i think it's just like fucking like ken burns like like digitally in, pan across yeah, the map digital pans of a map yeah it look, looks like shit and um, he's like saying stuff like they went through the candy forest, and it's like yeah. it's like if this was a good kids movie, we would see that, and it would be awesome. It would also make the movie longer. Yeah, it would which, be the length hey, of a movie. Spoiler alert: there might be a length problem in yes. this movie. They might have looked at their movie and been like, "Oh shit! Oh shit! Our this movies. is fifty-five minutes long. Yeah. We can't market this as a feature-length film." Yeah. And then figured out something. Yeah, instead of like doing a reshoot and adding some scenes. But which we'll would be get so there. Easy. We'll get there. So Baby Bear and Fucking Beaver Beaverton. Beaver um, bitch. They find is this when they find the honeycomb? No, at first because the honeycomb is the gift that Baby Bear gets. At first, they go to Boo Hag's for That's domain. Right. Now, we forgot to mention Boo Hag because uh, so Boo Hag, before like they <laughs> strike it out, Beaverton is like, my mom told me, you know, be careful of Boo Hag. Yeah, we can't go in the forest because Boo Hag is there, and she hates little children. And and it's kind of waved away, like, no, that's just like a myth. That's that just they what tell that's kids. just what parents say to kids to, so they don't wander. But is no the language in the movie. Boo Hag is real. Boo Hag is real, and she's scary AF. Actually, and Boo Hag. Boohag legitimately looks really good. Well, Boohag looks great because Boohag's a puppet. Boohag is fully like a puppet. And God, there. I mean, you watch it, you're like, there should be more puppets in this movie yeah, and less yeah. horrifying makeup. Yeah, yeah. Because, and the like, makeup Boohag- isn't like terrible. It's just like extremely kind of scary. Well, I think the makeup looks so bad because the movie is so fucking digital. Yes. If this movie wasn't super digital, it probably would be like more acceptable. Well, like, and I maybe think, I think rather like than Harry, digital, it all looks kind of like. There's too much of a sheen on it. Well, yeah. It. Well, I think of like Harry and Henderson's. Yeah, sure. and that makeup's probably really bad. <laughs> yeah, but like how that movie was shot, like you're not like, oh, this looks so cheap. Yeah, you sure. know that mo- this older movie movies cheap. could get away with better prosthetics because, because it wasn't well, they so were high shot res. On film, it wasn't as high res. There was less like, yeah, there yeah, was less you, definition. When, when you see. They were better about bear. shrouding things in darkness. Yeah, when you see Baby Bear in like 4K HD yeah, in the sunlight, in, in direct light. Yeah, his makeup is so like cakey. And, yeah, he looks like, bad because he's not in the studio. Orange, yeah. But fucking Boohag looks awesome because it's a puppet. And I'm like, oh shit, this is like dark. Like Boohag looks like it could be in like, like it doesn't... a Jim Henson exactly. high fantasy, like Labyrinth or something. Yeah, Dark Crystal. Yeah. Like it's really, I actually really like Boohag and the voice was scary. It was giving me like 80s, again, like 80s Jim Henson scary movie. Shit. Yeah, it was really, really Boohag like, was cool. Boohag was cool. So Boohag. But, but yeah, and he had to go to Boohag's Beaverton domain. and Baby Bear steal a turnip from Boohag's garden. It, now, if you know anything about fairy tales, Big mistake. Yeah, never steal a thing from someone's garden. Yes, because the evil scary guy will find you 
and you will be in so much trouble. You're going to be so fucking and punished for that they get in shit. trouble, and Boo Hag... Curses. You'll, you'll never guess. She curses Baby Bear. And turns him into a human. That's right. Turning Baby Bear into a human, and and yeah, he just like... It's just this little kid... He looks kind of like Shrek, his outfit. <laughs> it's like he's got like a brown vest, a white shirt, and plaid pants. He's kind of an ugly kid. Whoa. Like, like, honestly, like, and I said that I would stop saying what people looked like <laughs> in, in these reviews. Like, I would stop being like, that person's ugly. That person looks old. He's kind of like an ugly kid, like, honestly. And I, man, I'm okay with that because he's also an uncharismatic kid. So you're a bad um, actor and you're ugly. Dang. Sorry. Very harsh. If he was a good actor, I'd be like, it doesn't matter if he's ugly. He'd work through it. <laughs> he was so charismatic and amazing. But this guy is going places. There's a caveat. Boohag says you'll you're gonna stay a human forever unless you give your mother the perfect gift mm-hmm. before the first ray of sunlight on Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. And Boohag disappears. Yeah. All right. Meanwhile, freaking Goldilocks is walking out of tr- she's just walking. Like She's walking around with her little basket, and there's, like, a fairy that, like, pops up. Yeah, the fairy makes no sense. There's a fairy, like, like it's, like, tiny and weird-looking. Yeah, and the fairy, like, starts leading her around. Well, all she does, I think the only function of the fairy in the play is that she leads her off the trail, and then a bunch of scary-looking squirrels. squirrel children. (laughs) So squirrel children steal her basket. Yeah, and the squirrels are terrifying, and the squirrels are... Are like all talking over each other and like a pitched up voices, like going like. Which I kind of liked how her voice sounded. Yeah. Honestly, like I liked how her voice. Sounded. Yeah. For I, what I they. Hate, were. I hate almost everything about this movie, <laughs> but I did like how the voices sounded for the squirrels. So, Goldilocks has lost her basket and she's peeved at these squirrels and she talks at them very angrily. She mm-hmm. like says like, "You, you squirrels, give them back." Yeah. She well, she talks about them like their legs. Like subhuman. Yes. Well. Well, they uh, are, and they are because they're squirrels, I guess. Yeah, but but you like know, in, furthering in this, movie, this film's in this movie about racism, prejudice. It's like oh, you can talk about squirrels like that. They're just like you. Um, so it, now we transition to our C plot. Papa Bear is setting up for Christmas. Yeah. And Mama Bear comes around the corner and says, "Hey, is Baby Bear with you?" And Papa mm-hmm. Bear is like, "He's still asleep." And Mama Bear says, well, he's not. Is that, I is that was when just... he's setting up with the skunk that's, like, really queer-coded? He is setting up with the skunk, yeah. <laughs> There's a skunk that's, like, su- like very obviously supposed to be, like, I yes, know, he's a, a very, skunk. He's a very well-to-do skunk. Yeah, it's, it's classic Disney. <laughs> yes, yeah. So Papa Bear is setting up. Mama Bear says, Baby Bear's not sleeping because I just went to go check in his room. They're like, oh, no, he's missing. Same time, Mrs. Beaverton is looking for her son, mm-hmm. Benny. Mrs. She Beaverton, by the way, him. who's a single mom, slay. That's right. And she's making it work on her own. Per. Don't know what happened to Mr. Beaverton. Yeah, we, don't get, we don't get to find out like how he died or if he left her or something. Yeah. But she's a single mom. But Mrs. Beaverton shows up and she's like, oh, Benny's missing too. So Papa Bear strikes it out on his own to go find uh, Benny and Baby as does at the same time the huntsman realizes his daughter Goldie's gone and he takes his bow and arrow mm-hmm. and he goes out to find his daughter in the forest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Okay, anyhow, cut back to our leads. 
baby bear and beaver. Benny They're, beaver. They see a, 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 a beehive. A nice hu- beehive dripping and, with honey. And the baby bear's like, this is the perfect, this might be the perfect Christmas gift for, for my For my bear mother. So he tries to, they're just, they are so bad at trying to get this beehive. It is like infuriating how it's a shot. They like stand like 10 feet away from it and like, and like, like kind of like just like try to hit a yeah. stick at it. And it, it is like a straight, like one minute montage jump cutting between them, like barely trying to yeah, get Yeah, like the trying to like climb on each other's shoulders to grab it, but yeah. like not even getting on the shoulder. It's like, it's hard to watch and it's so long because. They might have been having they to might pad have things been out a to little bit. Push up that minute mark. Anyways, they, <laughs> they eventually do get the beehive down. But but they run into Goldilocks during that. That's right. They run into Goldilocks, and a beautiful Goldilocks. She's confused because she's like, "You look like a human, but you keep telling me you're actually a bear." Well, she doesn't say that ever. She's like, "Like baby bear is like I'm a bear," and she's like. Right. That's right. Yeah. Like, like, like we we have to make sure to make the viewers understand or the listeners understand that this movie is really stupid. That's right. No yeah. one says like the things that they should say to make the movie fun. Like the movie would be fun if she's like, "You're not a, you're not a bear. You're a you're human, a person. just like me." Yeah. No, it never happens. She's just like, she's like, hmm, right. Yeah. But she joins the party, and now it's our wonderful party of three. Goldilocks, Baby Bear, and Benny yeah, Beaverton. And guess what? There's, like, no fun in games. Yeah, we don't we don't really have any fun with them. All we get is, like, there's, like, this scene that I think the director thought was really funny. Where <laughs> maybe it is funny because I'm, like, fucking laughing thinking about it. They go to, like, a little riverbank, and Goldie's telling this hilarious story where she's like, I have this basket of cookies and these squirrels took it. And then Benny Beaver and Baby Bear are like, the squirrels took it. Yeah, that was really weird. And, and like based on the 20 minute blooper reel. At the end. At the end. After the credits. <laughs> I think they really thought that part was funny. Or after the actor credits before we'll get the credits. Into that. We'll get into that later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they thought that was really funny. You ca- You really can tell. But so they get the basket of treats back from the squirrels. They they scare off the squirrels, and they get everything back. Yeah. Oh, and me and 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 then cut to, um, Papa Bear runs into the huntsman. <sighs> they have a little bit of an altercation. And like Papa Bear is like backing up, and then suddenly the huntsman's there. Yeah, it's so like stupid. edited very poorly. It's edited in a way that like there's no tension. You're not like oh shit, they're about they're gonna to run meet into up each other. and they're gonna have an altercation. It's no. just like oh he's suddenly there. Yeah, it sucks, really hard. But it, anyway, like they're so teamed up good. now. It takes a while for them to like truly put their like differences aside. But eventually they do in a wonderful line delivered by the huntsman <laughs> where he says, you have my respect and friendship for life. I love it. I love it. Like when later the huntsman is like, um, these bears are good people and decent. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I think ooh, I did William Butler write this. He, I believe he is credited as the writer. I think he thought he was a fucking genius, like, saying that word, like, and decent. He's like, that's what they would say, like, in old-timey time. Yeah. It's so funny. <laughs> but really, it just comes across, like, racist. Yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. something that's so weird. Like, night, you're watching, like, a movie that takes place in, like, 
1963. That, no, you're uh, no, you're watching a movie that was made in like 1935. Yeah, and it's about like being racist against like freaking like Italian immigrants. Yeah, and, and they're like, like these are decent ones. Yeah, he he's decent. Yeah, <laughs> this pasta eater is decent. But anyway, what this, this garlic eater is easy. That's what it sounds like. Yeah, it's awesome. I, I I'm sorry, I'm just laughing so hard thinking about how great this movie but is. But back to the plot. Yeah, I mean we can get back to this, you know, very you know, plotted out film. <laughs> yeah, but the thing about this movie, and I'm not sure if you can tell already, this movie is a movie that should have been like 30 minutes. It should yeah. be like it's like an it's like an after it's like a special. Both of these movies we watched today, and not to get <laughs> ahead of ourselves with Karate Christmas Miracle, in terms of plot. Were, are kind of hard to recall to you, to be quite honest. Yeah, baby, because Three Bear Christmas is, like, really incoherent. Yeah. Like, it's such a simple story, but it somehow manages to be so incoherent because there's so many, like, logical fallacies that push the plot forward. It's, like, it's like kind of like, you know, you read Grimm's fairy tales and are strange, but, like, the logic does kind of make sense. It's yeah. like, oh, it's a magic blank. Emo, that's, like, kind of, like, weird. This is, like ingrained logical fallacies like i don't understand what the curse of her nature yeah made was so back no shit at, like that back at home uh mrs beaverton and mama bear are very concerned for their sons <laughs> so they decide they're going to go out looking as well on their own and they like dress up like in combat gear but like with like pots and pans yeah it's like supposed to be like a joke because like their moms are like what yeah. if moms were brave yeah exactly. i think it's a joke which is kind of like oh uh okay yeah <laughs> it's like it's like mildly offensive but like nothing serious like it would like not be offensive if it was if it was made in 1940 yeah but it was made in 2019 <laughs> and it's also just like all right even without any of that it's just not Funny. Very funny. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like it's it's just it's like oh haha because they're like they're like we're women we shouldn't just sit at home. That's and right. Mrs. Beaverton does say, "Mama Bear, we are strong, independent women." Yeah, that's why it's like somewhat offensive. Like yeah. if they just like were like we're gonna go out for the hunt and they wore the gear, it'd be like whatever. But it's like yeah. they like it was like a whole point like they're like ha these they look at the feminist mobs. <laughs> but so they go out on their own. Um, it's not quite in the chronology, but there's not much there, so I'll just say it. They eventually run into Papa Bear and the Huntsman. Yeah. Um, and they kind of team up. Yeah. While walking in the night, mm -hmm. Baby Bear, Benny Beaverton, <sighs> and Goldilocks uh, walk through this lit-up Christmas area with, like, Christmas lights. Oh, and, and it's like a weird long montage, right? Yeah, they, if Baby Bear starts to sing a song. <gasps> Yes, oh my in, god, oh my god. The thing about like, this movie is that it is a musical. It is a yeah, musical. Yeah, there are like three to four songs. I think yeah. there are like, yeah, four or five. Well, there's like, there's a song that um, Fuzz Butt sings. Yes. Then there's the Christmas song at the beginning, a song we'll get to later, and the song, song from the end, and this song. But yeah. the song from the end is a reprise. Yeah, so it's like barely a musical. Yeah. So Baby Bear sings this song that's like, 
I I can't even remember it's it. Like, it's like it's kind of like when you wish upon a star. Like it's about like wishing on a star, yeah. but wishing to be human again and being a or bear. Or be a bear again. And getting the cr- perfect Christmas gift. It's about you know all the yeah. all the things that we did in this. And movie. another thing about this this all the songs in this is that none of them are really consistent with rhyming. But, yeah, and also the lyrics are fucking bonkers. Like I just remember this song had the word "make haste." In it yeah. in a really weird like it didn't feel like a sentence written in English. No, it was very weird. It was like we make haste, blah blah blah. Yeah, blah, I blah, must blah. not waste. Yeah, we make haste, we must not waste. Like yeah. something like, insane like that. <laughs> um, but anyway, so he sings this song, and where do we wind up? But in the dark of the night, and there yeah. is a like wagon. Yeah. So guys, with a fox woman. Yeah. So and Ava, you said you wanted to spe- yeah. you sp- particularly I wanted to tackle speci- this. I susp- specifically wanted to speak on this upcoming matter. So, in this part, they refer to the character um by a slur, a slur that's used for the Romani people. Um and when you watch a movie, you think to yourself, "Oh, haha, they used that slur," which because not everybody knows that that's a slur. Yeah, especially like, you know, older people. Yeah, yeah, or like whatever. for a lot, and, and in the other countries, it's not a slur, but in America, it's considered a slur. Yeah. So I was like, oh, oh, geez, they just used that slur. But it's kind of funny, like, oh, whatever. We're not, but it's not like we're going to be racist against Romani people no. in this section, right? But no, no, this does this become actually gets shockingly, incredibly racist. Yeah. Like never trust You can't trust these people. They have they use dark magic. Yeah, don't trust my mom says never to trust these people. And she's like, Why would you say that? And and you know, the character's like, Oh, no reason and they're supposed to be like, huh, yeah, because Of course you can't trust yeah, them. Huh, yeah, because you cannot trust these people. When you see these people in their wagons with their fortune telling. Yeah. You and know, they're you know and they're and they're and <laughs> they're the bright, the bright colors they wear, and yeah. their sexual aura. But and what's this <laughs> character's name again? Madame Rosa. Yeah, Madame Rosa does have the best song in the movie. Um, she has. She has a song that has really a really bad rhyme scheme, but I think yeah. an animated picture would actually work really well. Like an I could animated see it, picture. I could see it in like a Disney, in an animated film. <laughs> I could see it in a Disney movie. Yeah, like really it, it works working. as like a like a kind of shifty Disney villain song. It reminds me of like the Ursula song, yeah, and Little Mermaid. Yeah, I agree. Um, like there's this one I wish I remembered a part, but she's like, she's like listing all. Okay, so anyhow, like for the song makes sense. She's like, oh, you're getting a perfect Christmas gift. You should take one of my things. Yes. Let's, let me trade you for whatever you have in your bag, which is the honeycomb. Let me trade you for whatever. Or, no, it's a turnip. It's a turnip and the honeycomb. Oh, that's right. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, um, she's like, let me trade you whatever whatever is in the bag for, for one of my magical items. So she's listing all the things that she has, and there's one really great line where she's in the song that she sings, and it's like, um, a spoon, an acorn, take two. Or no, yeah, it's a spoon, a box, a something, a shoe, a blah, a duh, a pine cone, take two. It's so great. Yeah, it's awesome. It's I love like, that and part. I, and I'm like, oh my god, I could see that in an animated movie, an anime picture. So she's just tossing out these different objects. Yeah, and it's really eclectic. Yeah. Like maybe like the kid gets like whisked into the caravan. Yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. Like really fun and like there's yeah. lots of colors. But no, she's just like kind of standing there. Yes. 
And, you know, there are, like, bad special effects, but very, very few. Oh, there are bad special (laughs) effects. Yeah, and too few and far between. It should have been more, like, crazy and fun. Like, those great, like, 1990s Disney movies. That's what it should have looked like. Eventually, she finishes her whole song, and they trade what they got for their mother, for, for Mama Bear, for a blue... Ornament. Christmas ornament that one hung on the tree, and they make a wish... Mm-hmm. It will turn baby bear back into a bear. Yeah. And so. It's like, don't trust these shifty beeps. Yeah. So they go <laughs> and they. What what happens next? They I feel like home, they just right? go home and it's morning. And so they didn't get that gift to mom in like maybe time. Maybe there's like a song or like a montage. In yeah. Between. This movie is like filled with so much pad. There's so little plot in this movie. And there's so much padding, it's hard to remember like the order in which things occur, if that makes sense. Yeah, but so they meet back up with Mama Bear, Papa Bear, Mrs. Beaverton, and the Huntsman. And everyone has, you know, ended their prejudice. They're all mm-hmm. cool. And they hang the, the Christmas ornament on the tree. And Mama Bear and Baby Bear wish, turn Baby Bear back into a bear. And he does no, turn well, he back does, into a does, bear. He doesn't at first... Right, because like the whole oh, thing that's about, the right. whole thing about ornaments, like you take the ornament, uh, little boy, you take the ornament. Oh my god! Oh my god! I forgot the most racist thing that happens in the Madame section. What? I said the word <laughs> in the Madame Rosa section. What happens in the Madame Rosa section? At the very end, she's like, "Oh, I have to go. I have to go to a Hanukkah party because she's a villain." That's right. Yeah, she says, "I have a Hanukkah party." Because she. Can, she, um, She's not. Can she doesn't celebrate Christmas. I was. I. I literally like gasped. I was like, <gasps> I can't believe that happens in this movie. Yeah, it was weird. It was crazy. This movie's racist. This movie is about like anti-racism, and it's racist against Jewish people and Romani people. Yeah, it's pretty what crazy. What is going on? <laughs> what is going what on? What is going on? It's. It, it's literally crazy. Like, I, I can't even explain to you how crazy the whole Madame Rosa section was. Um, it, it, it literally like was making me go, oh my God, oh my God, wait, what? Wait, what? Because I just did not think it was going to go that way. Anyhow, so Madame, Madame, Madame Rosa says, little boy, what you do is you take the ornament and you wish to become a, 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 a bear again once you put it on the Christmas tree. Because she has like an accent. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and so they put the ornament on the Christmas tree. They wish he doesn't turn into a bear because, like, obviously it was fake scam magic because she's a freaking Romani person. However. Romani, she's a fox. but She is know, a fox. She's Romani coded. And they call her, you know, I mean, she calls, they call her, you know, the G word. However, what happens is uh, Baby Bear oh, the par- hugs the par- his mom. The parents are like, oh, but... Just having you back is the perfect Christmas baby gift. Baby bear, you're our perfect Christmas gift. And then he turns back into and a baby bear. And then he turns back into the bear, but only to be turned back into a human <laughs> by Boo Hag. Boo Hag is like, no, fuck you. You're a human again. Um, so Boo Hag shows up. Everybody is freaked the heck like, out. Boo Hag, have mercy. And how does everything get resolved? Um, Mother Nature. Yes. Like, oh, 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 because uh, Baby Bear is like, 
it's fine that you fucked up my life. Here's the ornament. I'm giving you a Christmas gift because, like, That's whatever. Right. I don't. I don't even remember like what he says or like his reasoning. But he's like, oh, because you know, Merry Christmas. And then that makes like Boo Hag like spin around a lot. And then. <laughs> yeah, Boo Hag can oh, also, conceptualize. Boo Hag, okay, Boo Hag is a really good puppet, but the back of Boo Hag has like box braids. Like, like I swear to God, like to make the puppet, they went to a hair store. And they bought like a box braid wig, and they put it on the back of the boo hag puppet. It's crazy because the front you can, there is it isn't on the front. And when they're spinning around, I'm like, why does boo hag have box braids? Yeah, very weird. There's a lot of weird. Sh- there's a, there's some weird fucking shit in this movie. So boo, boo, boo hag spins around, spins around, and then mother, mother nature comes out of the, the fucking clouds, and it's like, I'm fixing everything. <laughs> Right? Yeah, no. I and she comes she comes out and she says, you know, everything's cool. Yeah, sorry guys. Sorry guys. Baby bear, you can go back to being a bear. A bear. And Boo Hag, guess what? You can go back to normal too. Yeah. And Boo Hag turns out to be the huntsman's wife from the beginning. Yeah, which makes you go. Oh, oh, I guess that's the huntsman's yeah. wife from the beginning. You go like, oh, okay. And so, and like I said, all prejudice has been, you know, all bad blood has been healed. Yeah. Now the humans and the animals are friends and we can go back and have our Christmas celebration, which is where the- you as the audience look at how much is left in this movie. You pause it and you see on your TV, there is 20, like, 25 minutes. Five minutes left. Yeah. And you go, oh my God, where could a story possibly go? Guess what, guys? It doesn't go anywhere else. It doesn't go anywhere. During the Christmas celebration, Mm -hmm. they sing a reprise of the Christmas song that they sing close to the beginning, and they do a recap montage of the entire movie. And also what they do is they start the credit sequence... In, for the cast. In which it's like, you know, like images, like clips from the movie of different cast members with their names. And if it's a cast member who is in special effects makeup the entire time, then just their headshots. Yeah, they show like a bad, like grainy headshot. Yeah. For like just, five seconds. Sometimes just maybe like a Facebook photo of the person. Yeah. It was bonkers. And that's yeah. how we found out that um the beaver was in blackface in the movie. The beaver Poor was white. Boy. The little beaver is a little white boy. Sorry. And so... And then, and then you're like, oh, but that wasn't 25 minutes. Yeah, there's still 20 minutes left in this movie. Follow suit a 10-minute blooper reel, <laughs> which probably features the least interesting bloopers of all time. Oh, God. Just like clips of the actor who played Baby Bear, just zoning like out. zoning out. Yeah. Like, like no jokes. And, and so many clips of the line where it's like, the squirrels took your basket. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, like that was like an onset joke. Yeah, it must have been. It was really bad. And, cause, like, and also are- like Mrs. Beaverton like riffing, like going like, Benny, where are you? Where are you? Opening a door like, you're on the toilet. Yeah. It, it, it's it, like, why were they letting her riff like that? It was really weird. And I, I, I feel like they're, 
like blooper reels are either like really bad or really good, even yes. in like real movies. It is it is extremely hit or miss. Yeah, but if you have like charismatic cast members who you care about metatextually, it's usually yeah. pretty good. Yeah, you don't give a fuck about the ugly baby kid that plays bear. Baby bear. Yeah, you don't you don't you don't need to see Benny Beaverton mess up a line and yeah, laugh. It is so on. You know what? You know what would have made me smile and laugh? And there was a blooper reel for Santa Girl. Yeah, Santa blooper Girl blooper reel. reel would probably be pretty I good. I would have been so fucking happy. If there or was Cupid a, for Christmas or, blooper or, reel even. That would probably make me like Cupid for Christmas more. Or a blooper reel. You know what might have the best blooper reel of the movies we've watched? What? A New Husband for Christmas. Oh my God, that would be so good. Yeah, like that's what I want. I do not want. I don't want to spend any more time with this movie. This movie is only like eighty, like eight minutes long. Yeah, not very long. It's eight. Okay, it's eighty-four minutes. And so, and like it's only sixty minutes of plot. Yeah, and so after and, and, the and, blooper and, and, reel, and, we, and twenty minutes of that plot is fucking stock footage. Yeah, and ten minutes of that plot is just photos of a map. Yeah. So then after the blooper reel, the final minutes of the film to finish panning out the runtime to an hour 27 is the longest scrolling, slowest credits you've ever seen in your life where they even after doing the cast opening credits and cast closing credits, they credit the cast again. It is infuriating. This movie like was making me so mad when I was watching it. I was like, I kept going like, fuck this movie fuck this movie as i was watching it well so that is william butler's three bears christmas nothing against mr butler nothing against anyone who you know performed in this film because in my research for it you know i couldn't really find much i i found out a little bit about so it was produced by a very small production company as well as william butler's personal um production company it was distributed by Gravitas Ventures, yeah. which, you know, is like a super small indie distribution uh, company, but like probably mm-hmm. most popular for like that Bill Murray stories documentary. Yeah. They also produced distributed the um, Happy Happy Joy Joy, the Ren and Stimpy documentary, which yeah. seems pretty cool. Yeah. But it, it seems like a pretty small production. Um, but everyone I, in I, it. When, I, when we were watching the credit scroll, I was like, I was reading the names of like people credited in the crew, and I was like, I wonder if they're just like making up fake names. There to might make be it a possibility of that. Like yes. because the names all seemed like fake names. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> like it was like it was like Henry Blanca Blanca. I don't know if I want to quite allege that. Yeah, I but mean, like, it I might mean, like, be the case. I can't accuse anyone of anything that's like, I don't know. This is like literally just me watching it and being like, I wonder if they made up shit. But it seemed like they just like made up like a bunch of crew members. Because <laughs> I was watching I'm like, I'm like, I don't think you had a best boy on the set. Sure they did. I don't think they had For a, all those Christmas lights. I don't think they had a a script supervisor. Sure they did. For all the baby bears lines. <laughs> but so all those great lines. Yeah. <laughs> So, Ava, yeah. now that we have peeled back the the layers of Three Bears Christmas, let's get into our, you know, analysis. What where does where do you rank Christmas bears on your snowball scale? So, this movie, and I've said it already, and I think you can already tell by how I've been talking about it, I despise this movie. It was probably my least favorite we've watched so far. Uh, it infuriated me. It made me mad, and the reason why it made me mad 
was because this movie had a budget. Because I they, don't know. No, no, listen to me. This movie had a budget because their special effects makeup on all these freaking animals. And like if they had no budget, they would have just put them in a bear suit. And they had a really good puppet. Well, so I did see the makeup person did some work on the more recent The Blob. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, they had, like, like, I don't think the bear or, like, the animal makeup, like, looked good, but it was, like, a lot of work. It took yeah, it was a lot pretty of, impressive. It probably took a lot of time, like, getting ready for set. I mean, this movie was probably shot in three freaking days, but, um, because I don't think they want to do the makeup over and over again. Yeah. I would even argue maybe this was shot in one day. Um, the but, whole movie? Probably not. But see, you're saying that every every scene did feel pretty. Um, well, I, I guess based on the blooper reels, we know that there was multiple takes over shots. Yes. So I guess maybe three days. Um, that being said, this movie infuriated me because it had a, it had somewhat of a budget because it could budget for that special effects makeup, the really great boo hag. I almost said Boo Radley. Um, Boo. Yeah. <laughs> Boo Radley. Boo Radley. Um, the really good Boo Hag puppet, um, which I really liked. They had money for that. Yeah, the Boo Hag puppet was pretty freaking but great. This movie was so fucking lazy, and, and that's just what unmemorable me. and and it's hard not, to follow. No, no, this movie was memorable. It was because I was, guess because it, it was racist, and because the makeup was unsettling a little bit. And it was yeah, it was like uncanny. But it, it it was lazy. It was so deeply freaking lazy with all the stock footage. The fact that, like, there's no, like, interesting scenes with the characters at all. Like, we had no, like, fun scenes with the kids. Like, just, like, doing, like, magical stuff in the forest. Like, it was so late. It just, like, was infuriatingly lazy. It was padded by at least 30 minutes of just extra random shit. Between the end credits, the bloopers... The, just the freaking stock footage, the map stuff, the overly long scenes with jump cuts. It infuriated me on so much levels. This gets half a snowball. Whoa. That's a little low, half if you a, ask me. Uh, well, because I despise this movie. How did you I feel think, about it? Here's how I think. I think there's enough in this movie to warrant at least one full snowball. The boo hag pu- so This movie's so racist. The boo hag puppet and the bear thing are good. I'm giving this this movie a snowball, a full snowball. See, um, I, I, this movie is just so like racist. <laughs> and, like I truly think this is a racist movie, and it's like like so like lazy. I I don't even want to give it a snowball because a snowball means that like there's merit to it. I guess perhaps yeah maybe I'll maybe I'll amend. no I mean no no be honest and if you think it gets a snowball because of the makeup and the puppet like that's you we don't always have to agree on this, this is stuff. true we don't have to agree but I'm just saying like how I feel I'm watching this movie and this movie's from hell <laughs> this movie is a nightmare I was watching you remember how what was I saying when I was watching it I don't recall what were I you saying I was saying fuck you under my breath yeah you were the not entire happy time. the entire time. Because I, I, I re- really, when I'm watching these B-movies, I really respect the B-movies that try. Yeah. That try their darndest no matter how freaking bad it is. Mm-hmm. You know, they try. They're doing weird stuff. They're filming. They're gorillas filming scenes. It's a bad movie, but they're trying. Yeah. The movie did not try huh. at all. And to me, and, and, if, and you had the money to do the makeup, 
and crap and get the good puppet, fuck you. Like, you realize your movie's 30, fucking like 30 minutes short. Reshoots, new scenes. Yeah, that was that was probably the most egregious thing for me was that the majority of the movie was not actually a movie. Mm-hmm. It was just like blooper reel or credits. Yeah, like they couldn't think of... Or like recap the entire movie. Yeah, like, okay, so like maybe you don't want to do reshoots because you don't want to have to do the makeup again. Get me some more scenes with Goldie. She just like walks around randomly for like 20 minutes. So like, yeah. can I get some like Goldie? <laughs> Fucking Goldie. Yeah. She, she's a great actress, huh? So um, <laughs> regardless... <laughs> I'm talking about kids, by the way. Um, <laughs> regardless... We can both, regardless of our individual snowball ranking, we can both agree that, unfortunately, Three Bears Christmas is probably the lowest rank film we've watched on our movie marathon so far. Yeah, this was the worst. This was really bad. And I thought this one would be awesome. Like, when I saw... It looked pretty crazy. When I saw the poster for this movie, I was like, this is going to be the best. I, I literally texted Will. I was like, we have to watch Three Bears Christmas tonight because this looks so good. One, because I love little bears. Well, bears are our favorite thing on the planet. And two, because, like, the poster just looks so bonkers. It's just so funny. I showed it to my entire family. Like, look at this poster. Uh, it, it disappointed me. It, it hurt my it did soul. Disappoint. It hurt my soul. It hurt my soul. But we're going and it to. Was racist. We are going to <laughs> transition. It was, raci- it was racist in like a 1930s way. Yeah, it was weird. It was weird. Like, how are you? How are you? It's like 2019. You're like making a movie. Like, this isn't like 19. Like, okay, there's like some movies with like you know like fucked up things in it. But like, this isn't like like the 80s or something. You're gonna have like a weird like. Romani's or, or like scary arc in it. Yeah, yeah. That's so weird. Ah, anyhow, okay, I'm done talking. I, I never want to talk about this movie again. So we are going to now transition to our second film. Hard Pivot. And it is one of the most, it's probably the most fascinating film we have watched so far on our journey. A Karate Christmas Miracle from 2019, directed by Julie Kimmel, but mm. it should be noted, uh, though Julie Kimmel is the director <laughs> and and one of the credited <laughs> writers, this film, uh, it is important to note, was produced and co-written by a man named Ken Del Vecchio, yeah. and more on him later. Now, now, a Karate <laughs> Christmas was miracle awesome. uh, was recommended to us by our friend Rees. Um, and so, a Karate Christmas miracle is very like not at all on a big en- as big scale, but is kind of slowly like accruing a, a minor mm-hmm. reputation in kind of the cool cat saves the kids. Yeah, like bad way. B movies. Like yeah, there's, there's every, a, like, a, a uh, cinema snob video about it mm-hmm. and, an, and an Allison Pregler video about it, but it's still pretty not seen. Like only 200 people have seen it yeah. on Letterboxd. With that being said, everybody who has reviewed it on Letterboxd is kind of doing snark. Like they're like, yes. LOL, this movie's bad. It's not like people watching it on accident. Like what being was like, this? what the hell? a lot of the movies that we watch... The reviews on Letterboxd are people being either like kind of liking it a little bit or being like, this is weird. Yeah. And not being like, LOL, like epic bad movie, yes. which is not really what we wanted to review. But this movie um, merits review. A- absolutely insane. It was uh, the fucking awesome. 
So there, there is a bit of a rabbit hole we're going to go on with this movie. Yeah. Uh, so bear with us, but we are going to give it its day in court first by reviewing. <laughs> quite literally. It's, it's pl- Yes, quite literally. <laughs> by reviewing its uh, story and its plot. Uh, a Christmas, a Karate Christmas Miracle, mm-hmm. 2019, directed by Julie Kimmel. It tells the story of a young man named Jesse, played by young actor Mario Del Vecchio, uh, son of producer writer Ken Del Vecchio, yes. and his mom, uh, Abby, played by Mila Milosevic. Now, Jesse is doing a 12 days of Christmas countdown well, thing. Well, well, we should mention how it was all like kind of introduced. Like the mom is like, come he's in mom comes up to her little baby boy's room and she's like, son, yeah, he's like 10. Yeah. She's like, she's like, son, what are you doing? He's like, I'm doing my 12 days of Christmas. Come down. Yeah, and he's like naming the last 10 presidents, Donald Trump, Barack Obama, <laughs> George W. Bush, Bill Clinton. You know it was going to be good when like one of the first literal lines is Donald Trump. Yes, and more on that later. Um, but <laughs> yeah, he's like naming the past couple presidents. Um, he's doing a bunch of tasks. Yeah, he's doing a bunch of tasks and it's on this like whiteboard where he's doing these 12 things every day leading up to Christmas so that his dad, dad will return. And, now, and the mom says, sweetie, your dad isn't going to return. He was kidnapped. Now, And we're like, whoa. whoa. Now this, now this and is kind of... And it should be noted, the last thing he's going to have to do for his dad to return is to get his black belt. Get his black belt in karate. Yes. And he's in his karate gi this entire time. Ooh, now, yeah. <laughs> this um this movie this kind of gets ahead of ourselves a little bit, but I think it's important to know right before we get into any sort of discussion of this film. This is the first and to my knowledge only family Christmas movie <laughs> wherein a major plot point is a mass shooting. Yeah, so yes. So we find this out f- through the lens of a dream. Yeah, the little boy Jesse goes uh, to sleep. Goes to sleep and has dreams of his father, um, locked in a movie theater, uh, with a deranged gunman in a clown costume. And on the screen is our old friend Eric Roberts. Remembered from our first episode, A Husband for Christmas, Ooh, by the, the way, kooky boss. By the way, sorry, Eric Roberts. I didn't realize that you're Julia, Julia Roberts' older brother. And I also didn't realize that you were in the Mr. Brightside music video. My mom let me know this information. And you've been, I believe, nominated for an Academy Award. Yeah, well, you suck now. All right, continue. Um, so there's like these crazy, like, almost like experimental feeling edited sequences of this dream this little boy is having of his father at what we learned to be a rally for the second amendment yeah Um, and the father is an attorney yeah the father is an attorney i think like the boy describes as like my dad was talking about the constitution and the right to bear arms and, and we don't really get that much context for everyone that, like, where, what side he stands on yeah. in that matter. And then the 
the movie theater they get locked in and there's this scary guy played by Eric Roberts on the screen kind of talking vaguely and like and like kind of like doing like I mean, he's not in clown makeup or anything, but he kind of is like acting like the Joker archetype. Like he's like he's saying like kind of riddles. Someone like the Joker. Like he's like speaking in riddles. He and there's like a gun in front of him. He'll like pick it up sometimes yeah. and hold it. And then there's a gunman with a clown mask on in the theater that yeah. starts killing. We don't see it though. Yeah, we don't see. We don't see the, any gore. <laughs> the tr- that tragedy. Yes. And, so, and guys, guess what? Uh, where this theater is? It's a, the the Aurora. Theater. Yes, and this this so it shooting is, it does it is modeled off of the Aurora, Colorado, yes, right? The Dark Knight Rises shooting yeah, it that is happened in real life. After that, so this um tragedy happened last Christmas. Yeah, and Jesse has got it oh, into wait, we his. We should also mention that we see in the dream sequence that there's like a hot girl in the theater. Yeah, but we don't really know much about. We don't her know yet. at this point. We don't. And, and guys, we will never really we know much about her. We really know much about her. <laughs> but, we, but she's in very this movie, featured in the sequence. We're like, oh, she's going to be important. Um, right? Yeah. No, You'd agree yeah. with that, right? Yes. Th- there's there's a tension given to her that makes you go like, okay, she's going to be a key player. main character. Yeah. <laughs> um, we were, you're wrong <laughs> you're about so that. You're fucking wrong. <laughs> um, but so, yeah. Jesse has got it into his head that his father, who has not been confirmed dead, but has been... He's been kidnapped. Kidnapped. The and papers say that he's been kidnapped. He's got it into his head that if he does all of his 12 days of Christmas and gets his black belt in karate before Christmas Day, his dad will come back and he has saved these newspaper clippings that are just printed out pieces of paper, <laughs> of computer printer paper yeah. in his little drawer. Um, and he you know, looks at them and he's like, man, missing. But his mom didn't tell him about the tragedy. She just said he's just like been missing. Yeah, he's been like gone. And she, she's just like she's only just like he won't come back. I feel yeah. like all that she really says about it. But so let's talk a little bit about mom, about she's, Abby. She is a workaholic. Yeah. So the coding of this character is really interesting. Yes, we're we eventually f- kind of are gonna find out. I think where he's coming from with this when we kind of understand this creator but it is very hard to tell how yeah. he wants the audience to feel, feel about, about her, her and her commitments to her son yeah, and her she's, work she's a working mom and she kind of puts that ahead of her family but not really like she just honestly like in the movie she's doing like work commitments that's like if you don't do that you'll get fired yeah especially like if you are suddenly the only parent in a household yeah you got to put in the hours at work yeah you have i mean like i had a single mom for a lot of my life like my mom was sometimes like busy when she was like a single mom and like that's just like how it is it's not like a you know (laughs) so what do you do with your kid you do what abby does in the film you get a trusted adult to be a babysitter yeah I don't see anything wrong with what Abby yeah, really yeah, does they, in this they, movie. They, they act like she, but they. I think the movie. Every character is like saying to her, like, "You gotta get, you gotta stop working." You're not like your great husband who yeah, spent you're, time. You're with not your like son. your great husband who spent time with your son, his your son, and like donated his time to charity and and prays at random nativity scenes outside of yeah. like houses. Yeah. Yeah, guys. But so yeah, yeah so she's <laughs> she's a busy businesswoman who has no time for her family, i.e. her crazy son, her son who's got a problem. Who does karate. Who does karate. Oh my god. <laughs> and and you know, man, he's got some pretty sweet moves. 
we really don't see much of him doing karate. Mm. We see him kind of grappling and wrestling. Amount. No, we see him grappling and wrestling. Okay, guys, I don't. You, you might guys not might not know me on a personal level, but I actually did karate when That's I was true. a kid. That's true. Ava I, was a pretty successful I young karate. Agreed, I got my black belt in karate. Um, I went r- like really like religiously. I went to karate class every day after school from like three thirty to five thirty. And also on Saturday sometimes. Did you know I did karate as well as a little yeah, kid? Yeah, but you didn't succeed I did like not me. do very well. I only did it for like a year, um, and I only got as far as my orange belt. Yeah, I started when which I Which we learned the significance of that in this film. Yes. Yeah, I started karate when I was seven, and I ended when I was like 12 or 13. So I did it for a while, and pretty religiously. So anyhow, he doesn't do karate. He like just like wrestles. Yeah. Um, but whatever. I mean, who cares? But it's kind of funny. I mean, in your movie where it's like a karate Christmas, like not showing any like punching or kicking. Like there's no punching and kicking is what I'm saying. That's true. It is it mostly like wrestling. Yeah. Like it doesn't have to be like real karate. That said, but, it ha- Mario, but I feel like I need to see some kicks or punches, right? Mario Del Vecchio was a blue belt in karate during the time of the filming of this movie. That is awesome. Yes. Which is, that's something I've learned, but more on that later. So she's a busy businesswoman who has no time for her crazy son who thinks her husband, who in all likelihood is not alive anymore, will yeah. be returning from from his kidnapped yeah. state upon him receiving his black belt and karate on Christmas yeah. Day. But then cut to um uh, incoherent next scene. Uh, is this in the lecture hall? Yeah. Yeah. Because so there's no because there's no like lead in like where we're going next. It just no, happens. exactly. We cut to a university lecture hall with an absolutely unbelievable character named Elizabeth, played by her. Julie McCull McCullough. I loved her. Uh, um, she is teaching a lesson in law we learned, about wait. Santa Claus. She's using okay. She's using Santa Claus as a metaphor. A metaphor about like. She's like, what if Santa Claus is, is your or boss? Or she's using him as like a problem. Like she's yeah, like, it's like it's like cute. She's like she's like Santa Claus, you're elves. Santa Claus is your boss. You go to a bar of him. Um, you're drinking whiskey with Santa Claus, and then someone tries. Oh to yeah, hit and she you. goes up to a girl, and she's like, and you're Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Yeah, and, and someone like, wants to smash a whiskey bottle on your head. But Santa fucking like punches him first. Does does Santa get arrested for that? Yeah, is Santa what what charge? What is char- Santa charged with? And she lists off a number of charges that I can't recall right She's like, now. Raise your hand if, if it's, you aggra- think it's aggravated, aggravated assault. assault. If you think it's this, and then from the back of the class, <laughs> Jesse, still in his karate <laughs> gi, goes none of the above. Santa was acting in self defense, and 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 Elizabeth, this crazy woman. Yeah. Smiles and goes, very good, Jesse. Yeah. Class dismissed. I think we have to talk about Elizabeth really quick before we continue. Yeah. The so plot. Elizabeth's actress is Julie McCullough. She's a former Playboy, she Playboy bunny, is a right? Former Playboy playmate. She was Playmate of the Month in 1986. So cool. And she was a model, and then tried so to cool. transition into being an actress. She got a role. In, I believe, season five of Growing Pains as the Kirk Cameron character's girlfriend. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the season, he proposed to her. And it was supposed to be set up that the next season, the first episode would be the wedding. And she would become a pretty pretty much a mainstay on Growing Pains. Mm -hmm. But what we know about Kirk Cameron, who has his own Christmas movie called Saving Christmas, that maybe (laughs) we'll watch at some point on this this wonderful journey we're on. (laughs) Um, 
Kirk Cameron had become a born-again Christian, and he did not like the fact that uh, Julie would, had modeled for Playboy. Mm-hmm. And so he threw a fit, and instead of the first episode of season six being the wedding, it was her breaking it off with Kirk, Ugh. thus being written out of the show. And it was kind of hard for Julie to get a footing as an actress in the industry. So now she... And I feel bad for... I feel for her. Feel, she seems, feel, that's a sad and, story. And guys, honestly, in this movie, like, I really enjoyed her. Yeah, she's fun. She was a, she was a bucket load of fun. And I and she's she gives, like, such, like, crazy aunt energy. Yeah. She probably... <laughs> And it's a crazy performance, admittedly. Well, it's a crazy performance. But she gives, like, the best performance in the movie. Well, I feel like in a better movie, the performance would be reined in correctly yeah. and would fit better in the plot. No, I yeah, think the she movie, does a good job. I mean, the movie is written, like, so incoherently. Like, she does a great job what she's given. She's really fun, and she's fun to watch on screen, and she keeps me engaged. So, yeah. like, more power to her. You do a great job. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, she is a stand-up comic, as well as appearing in this film and its sequel, uh, a, a wrestling, wrestling Christmas, Christmas miracle. miracle. Um, and uh, when she in case does you didn't get enough Christmas miracles, when she does stand up, she refers to herself, at, and on Instagram posts, she refers to herself as <laughs> herself as the funny bunny in reference to her time as a Playboy bunny. She is so aw- okay. I love her. Okay. Anyhow, next scene, her, her office. office hours. Yeah, the and mom who's there, is there, but Abby. The mom is there, and the mom is like, like, what did she even say? I can't remember how this conversation. So, a thing about this movie. She's trying to get legal consult in sort of in term like in regards to her husband being missing. Yeah, but also she knows that the professor used to be a psychic, and she had gone to her in the past, and this in as a psychic she predicted. That she would get married and her husband would one day take a long journey. And yes, she wants her exactly. to tell her if her husband is dead or alive. So the thing about this and movie Elizabeth, a thing oh, about yeah. this movie is that every scene starts and finishes in a way that you would never expect the scene to finish. Yes. Like you would never expect like this first of all, you would never expect like the mom to be in the office hours. Yeah. And you would never expect like the resolution to be like and she's a psych and the professor's a psychic. Just like in the lecture scene. You would never expect, like, it to go to a lecture hall, and you would never never expect expect this little boy to know the answer. Yeah, but he's a bright little whippersnapper. And who was just in a college for some reason. Well, what what he was doing there, this gets explained, Ava. What he was doing there was the mom (laughs) brought him... And he, like, ran into the classroom. Because he's just so smart. He knows so much about the law and the Constitution. Well, his dad was a lawyer, uh, and a good one at that, and a good man. Mm-hmm. Um, but so what, what, what she reveals is she is not a psychic anymore. She gave that up because, quote, she didn't like seeing so many dead bodies. It was, quote-unquote, creepy. Yeah, it was creepy. Which is which I think is so funny about, like, her character. She's like, I don't want to see dead bodies because they're creepy. Like, same. Like, honestly, I hear that. I'm like, yeah, I also wouldn't want to see dead bodies because they're creepy. Every time I've seen a (laughs) dead body in my life, it has been not a happy situation. Yeah, I'm like, that's creepy. It's very, it's usually very sad or scary spooky Um, scary ghoulish but um (laughs) so what what she says is she's like i'm not a psychic anymore but i've been having those dreams i've been seeing everything that your son has been seeing i've seen the movie theater and let me tell you something 
your husband is alive. You no, know, she doesn't say that, Will. What does she, she say? She never confirms that the husbanders are alive or dead in that meeting. Because remember, like, later, like, the mom is like, I I came to you to find out if my husband is dead or alive. You've never told me. No, she's just like, she, the, the mom takes out a little freaking pocket knife and is like, look, this is the, because this movie is incoherent, how it's written. She's like, look, this is the pocket knife that my husband used to defend himself while he was kidnapped and it was dropped in an alleyway after the shooting and then she sees the pocket knife and it gives her a vision of him using the pocket knife in self-defense we never find out if he's dead or alive based on that interaction that's right right. i have to we do eventually find out we won't spoil that yet yeah um so yes that's right i recall sorry it's okay i just want to make sure it's because this movie is so incoherent it is a little difficult both of the movies we watched were you want to like say to 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 like glean much well, from. when you describe it you want to like fill in those logical fallacies and holes like yeah. just describing this you're like well of course like she would answer this but like she doesn't and yeah. that's why the movie is so amazing because like every single like hole that should obviously just be in there yeah yeah is just never addressed it's cuckoo it is cuckoo and it's crazy so a karate christmas miracle then we leave that office and and where do we go from there ava i'm I'm kind of having trouble recalling um i think we get some like karate scenes well i think that's when we introduce the babysitter character yeah that's that is when we introduce the babysitter character who's this blonde woman who is a grad student grad student and i think that's like a joke that she's a grad student but she's a babysitter now yeah i I think think. it's hard to tell it felt like it might have been it's hard to tell the sense of humor of yeah, but so there's now this babysitter who is going to be taking care of Jesse, um, while the mother is oh, at work. Oh, and the babysitter's like doing major shade. She's like, that's right. She's like, oh, I'm in grad school for ca- college psychology, uh, for um, child psychology, and mom's like, oh, okay, and she's like, oh, yeah, um, my son's been like trying to get his black belt because he thinks he'll make his dad come back. And the um, grad student's like, oh, that's like him like coping, blah, blah. What did your grief counselor say? And then the mom was like, oh, we didn't have a grief counselor. And she's like, oh, sorry for even mentioning that. (laughs) Which I think is like the filmmaker being like, you this bitch mom should have gotten a grief counselor this mom didn't even think to get a grief counselor she is is failing this little boy she is she's bad mother but so then we cut to the office and the mom gets a call from the dad's phone from the the father missing father's phone i will say we are definitely skipping a whole bunch not really you sure Uh, yeah i'm looking at it right now i've actually pulled (laughs) up awesome i've pulled up on mute my on my, oh my computer. God. Is it just on YouTube also? Yes. It, you can actually watch this on YouTube on the YouTube channel Family Central. Uh, um I you know haven't rocks. haven't had the opportunity to do any research on Family, Family Central. Central. I have a feeling, but it might I have be a feeling a they might evil. be bad people. They might just happen to have some political uh-huh. opinions. Um we we were talking about when doing this episode if we should make a disclaimer like guys this episode's gonna get a little yeah. political after we do the um story breakdown and we start digging into some of our research and we do a bit of a close reading of the film a uh, fair warning this is gonna get a little bit into politics <laughs> so <laughs> if you don't if you don't want to hear about you know oh my God, I, I like uh, clanked my tooth on the microphone sorry if i peaked <laughs> it's fine it's fine it looks fine 
No, um, you can see the clank. Oh, you can see it. Okay. <laughs> but, um, yeah, if, if, if you're not comfortable with a discussion of, you know, passionate uh, politics from uh, either the right or the left in, in, in our country of the United States, you know, maybe this episode is not for you. Yeah. And, uh, and also, you might want to turn it off after we talk about also, the story. If you, if you don't want to hear a drunk girl talk about stuff, you should have tuned out way earlier that's right this is our first recording in which uh, he was drunk well this is our this is our latest recording we've ever done because we just got back from the bar dinner and we were at the bar uh we watched these movies last night though um <laughs> but back to karate christmas miracle she gets a phone a phone call from, from the phone her, uh missing her, husband's phone missing disappeared husband and then we like cut back to the lecture hall and she, th- Elizabeth, is giving a lecture to one student, um, and she gets a vision of the dad being like confronted at mm-hmm. gunpoint mm-hmm. by the um, clown killer guy. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Very very weird. But Abby, the mom, decides to. Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna track down the phone. And she goes to this bar that has been, is, converted, has into been a soup kitchen. converted for the evening into a soup kitchen. Yeah. And the soup kitchen, the woman running the soup kitchen is like, are you going to help out? And Abby's like, fuck no. I don't. Because <laughs> I'm a bad person. <laughs> yeah. And then like the she's like, oh, my God, this and, is and, like the weirdest thing okay, in the whole so movie. She's in the bar to like meet the guy. I don't remember the guy's name. Uh, the, yeah. She's there to meet the owner, the of, the owner bar of the bar because he was because he told her like, oh, meet me here. So she's like, hi, are you the owner? I was told to meet you here. He's like, do I look like? The bartender is oh, Jay. like. Jay is the name. Yeah, Jay. He's like, he's hi, just, I'm looking for Jay. And, and the bartender is like this big black guy. And he's like, he's like, do, do I, I look, look like, like a, a Jay? Do I look like a Jay? A Jay is a blue Jay. A, a Jay is a letter. I a look- Jay is a letter. I don't look like no letter. Yeah, which- a Jay is also a blue Jay. Do I look like a bird to you? Which, and and, which and I the think- mom is like. Um, no, I'm sorry. And it wasn't, like, super funny. I'm not sure. Not was, at all. I think, it, like, maybe it was supposed to be, like, a commentary. Like, people are so sensitive nowadays. You ask them if they're Jay, and they think it's about something else. <laughs> I don't even I, think it's that. You think, I, I think, think it's it might just, have like, been. dumb. I think it's just, like, bad jokes. And then, okay, but then the owner of the bar comes out. He's no, like, oh. then the bartender says, yeah. So he's like, do I look like a bird to you? Do I look like a alphabet letter? Yeah. And then the mom is like, oh, uh, I guess not. And she Sorry. Starts and leave. she starts to like leave. And the guy goes like, and the bartender's like, I'm just kidding. I'm of just course, kidding. Of course I know Jay. We're best friends. Jay, come on out here. <laughs> and out comes the manager. And he's like, yeah. thanks, Brian. Anyway, uh, what do you want? Like, <laughs> <laughs> and I, she's I, like, I'm Bob's husband. I'm, I'm Bob's, Bob's husband. wife. He called me from his phone. He's like, oh, yeah, I found it. I don't oh, know yeah. how long it's been here. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know when he dropped it off. And she's like, "Did he used to come to this bar a lot?" And he was like, "He would pop in every so often, but we'd mostly see him during our weekly soup kitchen night when he'd volunteer." Because he is the best guy ever. This starts the trend of the movie where it's like, not only was he more present for Jesse, but he is like the most upstanding member of this community. Yeah, he's like a great person, and she fucking sucks. And she sucks because she is like. Trying to keep afloat a single parent yeah, and, household and, and, and later, pay a babysitter, and, 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 and later we find out that she sucks. Like in like a, some stupid scene, we find out she sucks because um, 
she has rich parents. Yeah. It's like a thing. They're they're like the the psychic guy spoiler, her and the psychic become friends and the psychic is like at the bar of her and they're all drunk and the psychic's like, Oh, you're a little rich girl. <laughs> you're a little rich girl. Your parents paid for your college and they paid for all your stuff and that makes you a bad person. And it's kinda like, all right, I I guess. Like I don't know, like, I I like yeah, like it makes her privileged. Yeah, it makes her privileged, but, but is it, she like is she like you like using that privilege to be a bad person? In a bad person? way, not necessarily. No, she's just like some woman that works in marketing. Like it seems the, like the, it looks like she's in like food marketing. As yeah, especially yeah, that's right because she, she's, she's marketing um gel uh, applesauce. Yeah, she's like applesauce is the new Jello, and, and that's, that's like joke. her big slogan. That's like a joke, I think. Um, but yeah, <laughs> like the worst you can say about her. Especially under the circumstances of her husband is missing and she mm-hmm. has a kid she's raising and she's got a house that she might have to make payments on. She has to pay this babysitter is like, I guess she could like care more about the community. But it's also like, I, guess. I don't, I don't, I don't. I'm like, I honestly, like, I don't know if I vibe with what this movie is yeah, trying like, to make me think about like her. She's a bad person. She doesn't volunteer at soup kitchens during Christmas. I don't know. I don't know. Guys, how many of you have volunteered at a soup kitchen during Christmas? I bet, like, if there's, like, 50 people listening to this, maybe one of you has. So then... Like, is that there? Is that how we measure merit in this country? <laughs> so then, yeah. So then we start to... Um, we leave the, the bar uh, and she... Oh, can we, can we... We should mention, isn't there, like, a bunch of dream sequences in between this? No. There's an awesome little, like, transition... That uh, mm-hmm. we cut back to the house and the babysitter is talking to Jesse and she's like, why do you care about this karate shit? And he's like, well, let me explain to you. All the belts have a different significance. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's so awesome. And then we have a bunch of like stock footage over like video of like all the different belts. And he goes through every single belt. The white, white belt represents purity. A, the, the white belt represents purity. The yellow belt represents a seed. The fucking uh, orange yellow belt represents blue, represents green. the sun warming the seed to grow. But the orange, he, <laughs> it's like from hell. It's like nightmarish. He, it looks like a Tim and Eric sketch. He only gets up to the part where his belt is, like where he currently is. He only gets up to purple belt. Mm-hmm. However, in the immediate next scene, <laughs> Elizabeth and Abby, the mother, are at the karate studio. And Elizabeth picks Psychic. up where Jesse left off, and she's like, well, the brown belt symbolizes this, and the black belt symbolizes absolute mastery. But the reason Elizabeth has called Abby to the karate studio mm-hmm. is because she's showing Abby uh, a self-defense class a for women's women. self-defense class. Yes. Because while she was teaching her lecture to one student, which was a joke that didn't work, I think it was supposed to be like everybody else was like back home for Christmas. I don't know. But yeah, I... while she was teaching her lecture, she saw the pocket knife that the that Bob, the father, had in his pocket that um, the mother had said he used to defend himself. But she had a vision that he was face-to-face with the clown killer, that he had a gun right up to him, and he didn't use the knife for self-defense because... He had those knives to give to the s- female students of this women's self-defense class he taught at his son's well, karate we, studio. I think, like, in the 
movie, she's like, the knives were used for the self-defense classes. Like, in the self-defense classes, they used the real pocket knives, which is so funny. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, like that they use, like, real, like, blades to, like, do the freaking self-defense class. Yeah. It was making me giggle. They it's silly. It's like, so you're n- doing real knife fighting? Yeah, and also it kind of um, makes it even fun. It, it, it fits with the theme of, like, this was the best man ever. Not only did he do soup kitchens, and but he time also with his son. taught women how to defend themselves against rapists. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then um, we get this, a little bit of background on that blonde woman that was in the movie theater. We learned that her father owned that so movie theater. We should talk about how we learned this. There's a dream sequence in which the blonde woman is sitting in the audience of the theater, and yeah. on the screen is her father on the movie theater screen. He kind of looks like Geraldo Rivera. He looks a lot like Geraldo Rivera. It's not. And he is giving her like a birthday message, like for your birthday, I'm giving you this theater. But he's like kind of scary. Like there's like he's like maniacally laughing. Yeah, he like he wears and what a is clown in the back- mask. What is in the background of because because like. He's yeah, on it's like sc- a broken down like carnival ride. Yeah, he's on the screen, but in like and like the way that he was filmed, he was filmed on the green screen, and on the green screen there's like a broken down carnival ride, so he looks like extra creepy. And she's like kind of watching and smiling and laughing in the and, theater. And this is a dream sequence. And then he puts on the um fucking clown mask. Yeah, and then there are a bunch of like people that talk to to Jesse in this dream that he's having. And it feels like something out of fucking Twin Peaks or Mulholland yeah. Drive because they're characters that we never see again and we haven't seen. And this, we haven't really learned anything new. This phrase gets thrown around a lot yeah. on like Twitter, yeah. on wherever. But this is really, aside from actual films and TV shows directed by David Lynch, mm-hmm. one of the most Lynchian things it is. I've ever watched. This movie feels like, and is, and I now I have realized that it's not on purpose. This movie feels like Mulholland Drive. The dream sequence feel like I'm watching Mulholland Drive because they're so like bizarre and surreal, and everybody kind of talks in riddles. Yeah, there's a lot of riddle speaking, um, and the characters in these dreams, spoiler, don't really enter the world of real life. Yeah. Even though they're talking about a real event that happened. Yeah. Like, like these dreams are supposed to represent what happened in the past, but we, and it isn't like a narrative, the dreams. Uh-uh. It's just like riddles being portrayed. Yeah, so she wake, uh, the mom wakes Jesse up from this nightmare, and Jesse like says, like, I have a connection. I know the girl who was in the theater with, mm-hmm. with dad on that night. <laughs> and it's like, okay. Um, not quite sure. What that has to do with anything. Yeah. Um, and then we go to the bar with the mom and Elizabeth. And then there's like a weird phone call between Jesse and is it the old theater owner? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. There is a dream sequence that you can't tell is a dream sequence at first. And Jesse dials, dials the old theater, theater owner and... Like, they have, like, this bizarre riddle-like conversation. Yeah. Like, I, I can't remember what, like, they discussed, but it felt... He says, and, like, and, and, the and, same and, security officer at my school was the security officer in the theater that night. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and oh, and it should be mentioned that 
in the conversation, the theater owner is like, he's in like fucking like, like Bora Bora or something. Yeah, he's like he's on, like on vacation. vacation or in like like south of France or something. So he's yeah. like, so he's like a highfalutin like rich guy, I guess. Yeah. Which and you're like, oh, he's really gonna come back in in the story. That doesn't happen. He's gonna be in another scene, right? Yeah. So then we we cut from that weird like dream like sequence into the mom's office. And mm-hmm. she has a big meeting she's big got to do where she's presenting about applesauce and she's mm-hmm. going to tell the world that applesauce is the, is new, the new jello. jello. Um, and her boss, who seems perfectly nice, is like, can't wait for the meeting. Make yeah, sure to be there. Just, just show up. Just show up to the, your job. And who you're... pops in but crazy psychic Elizabeth with some Christmas decorations and yeah. also saying, you can't go to that meeting. I have some very important information. Yeah. And and the boss says this is in the go in like the Eisenhower conference room. Um, now pre-established in the literal first scene of this movie, this mom cannot keep her president straight. Yeah. Um, and she's on this like walk and talk. Lib. She's such a lib. Sorry. It, whoa. I know. I th- I think that's like what I think that is. I think that's actually my Ken Delvecchio what the is author a, is trying to say. Like she's yeah. a lib. She doesn't even know her president. But so in this like Sorkin-esque walk and talk, they're going down this like hallway and she's trying, Elizabeth is like, I saw where your husband was mm-hmm. in at some point and I got another vision. And the mom is like, what are you talking about? I, I got to present at this meeting. And she shows up to the conference room and it's the Grant conference room. She goes to the, uh, she goes to the Ulysses Grant conference room not the Dwight Eisenhower conference room and she kind of looks at, she kind of looks at Elizabeth and she goes fine and so they go to this like campus of like a university where there's like a nativity scene <laughs> set up and Elizabeth is like that's where he was and we see her vision the flashback of-, of of Bob like just walk walking <laughs> up to the nativity scene kneeling down and praying which like he like crosses himself it's so funny like i have like that's like in public like i know like some churches like have a nativity scene set up where you can kneel at it in the church but like i i don't think that's something people do not on, like, like just lawn. walk up to someone's lawn yeah and like kneel at a nativity like, scene oh, and right, pray the, Jesus is there. I better go up there and go up and pray. Like if it. And by the way, um, I'm pretty sure that Bob is played by um, the screenwriter. Yes, Ken. Ken does play Bob. Ken. Yes. So like that must be something that Ken does in his real life, which is awesome it, it, to find it out. It must be. He it, must it be a guy. Wouldn't you hate if that was your dad? You're like, Dad, stop it. Yeah. He just. He's dad. like, oh, I see a nativity scene. Let's pull over and pray. Yeah, Dad, get back into the car. <laughs> yeah. So the mom has not. The mom has like been avoiding painting this like birdhouse the entire time, and that was apparently something Jesse <laughs> used to do with his dad. Yeah. So it, after her little ex, like experience with Elizabeth at the college campus where her husband used oh, to pray. Oh, 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 also, um, the little boy at this point is has like sworn himself to silence like a fucking monk. That's right. He says, from now on, I won't be speaking until I get, until my, black I get my black belt. <laughs> so every time he is is present from now on, uh, he like he's in the scene, great face he's just silent and doing like push-ups like a crazy person. Yeah, honestly, though, like his little face acting expressions and his silent scenes are pretty good. Yeah. No, like, he's not I think bad. in this scene, specifically, I we're talking about he's like he's really like smiling and making little yeah. faces and i'm like oh that's like pretty 
like good and creative. Yeah. Good job, you stinky little boy. Yeah, Mario does a good job. And so she finally paints the birdhouse and he, you know, can't speak, so he doesn't say anything, but like with his little expressions and his body language, he like goes like, Hmm, Mom, thanks Aww. for finally Aww. painting this little birdhouse for me. Yeah. And she's kind of like, We have to be kind of resigned to the fact that your father's not coming back at this point. Yeah. Um He gets some more bells. And so well, but first she um gets in trouble with her boss because she missed this giant yeah. meeting. Like and that's like so like like of course she gets in fucking trouble. So the boss is like, you can't just leave work and she's yeah. like, I had a family emergency. And he's like, All right, well, what are you talking about? She's like it's a hard time of year for me. He's like, all right, it's a hard time of year for a lot of people and you can't miss work. And she's like, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's like a weird back and forth. And then like, because he has to be like a cartoon villain, he goes like, it's just strange because I used to describe you as someone who puts work before anything else. <sighs> and it was so annoying because it's like, shut up. Yeah. So there's another scary dream sequence after this in, in the that Elizabeth and and presumably Jesse have where the theater gets locked and Eric Roberts and the former theater owner are scary on the screen and the woman yeah. young woman I who really owns the theater know, like, now what Eric Roberts role is supposed to be in this great conspiracy cuz it's all, like the wave of this, the dream sequence are, are kind of... Well, we'll of, get a little more into that yeah, but in I, a minute. I guess what I'm going to say is that the wave of the dream sequences are code is that like there's like this great conspiracy that's happening yeah. at this theater. There's and like something, like there's the a movie, mystery to be uncovered. Yeah, what, the movie is going to figure out this mystery. Who is Eric Roberts? Who is the owner? Who is the girl? Yeah, exactly. Why was uh, the father kidnapped? Yeah. So, so they get another vision and it's she, scary. <laughs> the Elizabeth basically says, I'm pretty sure your husband's alive. Mm -hmm. I think he's probably alive. Um, and they go out for drinks at the bar. And who does she see there but her fiance, who she had a vision what made her stop being a psychic was she had a vis vision. Yeah, other than the creepy bodies. That her husband, well, the creepiest body of all. <laughs> she, she had a vision, vision of her fiancé, the man who was about to become her husband, mm -hmm. died. Mm -hmm. And she was like, I've got to break off this relationship and I've got to stop being a psychic. And she sees him alive, mm -hmm. which makes Elizabeth go, oh, shit, Abby, your, your husband dead. is probably dead because I was wrong about my former fiance. Yeah. My visions were probably wrong about your husband. Yeah. And and and, and everybody's kind of bummed out about that. Um but then we have a wonderful Christmas dinner with um Abby, her parents, and her crazy mm. psychic college professor friend. Yeah. And her son Jesse's doing push-ups and he finally earns <laughs> his self-administered black belt. Yeah, like like he he like breaks a board with his to elbow. To break a board with his elbow. And in and that moment, immediately upon breaking the board this is like, with uh, his elbow. This is the craziest thing that I have ever the seen. the screen door walks Bob, his father, Abby's husband. <laughs> and everybody's like And everybody's oh like my God! We knew you'd come back. And then the movie fucking ends. That's it. No explanation of we how he got know. kidnapped, how he escaped, why he was kidnapped, why there was a <laughs> shooting in that movie theater. We just never fucking 
find out. The movie literally goes, fuck you. It's over. It's over. And it's done. It ends on a shot of the family hugging and the and dad just ugly che- shot. cheesing, cheesing it up at the camera. So that's the story of a karate Christmas miracle. Let's talk a Let's little talk bit about the real story of a karate Christmas miracle. Of a karate Christmas miracle. As we mentioned, this film was written and produced by a man named Ken Del Vecchio. His son Mario starred as the lead role. Jesse. Jesse. Um, Ken Del Vecchio is has about thirty years of experience as an independent film producer, director, writer, and actor. And he is, I mean, let's just cut to the chase. He is a former New Jersey judge and, mm-hmm. uh, co- uh, you know, potential congressional candidate and just in general an online right li- right-wing loon. He is absolutely fucking bonkers. His previous films include um, a movie, a pro-life movie, yes. in which a bunch of pregnant women are kidnapped a bunch of pregnant women who want to get abortions are kidnapped and tortured. Yes, this is um, his production. He also has a movie about Barack Obama where he plays Barack Obama in college, and it's, like, super crazy. Yes. His production company is called Justice for All Productions. Mm-hmm. And 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 I know uh, from looking at his congressional website and his opinions, his issues column, libel is something that Kenneth Del Vecchio will not stand. So for the remainder of this podcast... Please know that we are trying to, uh, you know, recollect all of these facts as best as we can. Yes. And any speculation made are purely for comedic effect. Exactly. Uh, this is everything in this podcast is fictitious, and you'd be a fool to assume otherwise. Exactly. So, anyways, he's made this movie called The Life Zone, which um, on his website for Justice for All Productions, he has positive blurb from literally the Colbert rapport <laughs> that reads just like all great horror films Del Vecchio's movie has a shocking twist oh that's fucking so hilarious. the life zone is the movie you've described uh, starring Academy Award nominee Robert Loja uh, <laughs> because he loves similar to kind of the Santa girl school of thought mm-hmm. it's like let's get a hollywood name in here mm-hmm. uh he and 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 uh ken del vecchio who is kind of like the evil anti blaine weaver yes i think blaine weaver's a good guy ken del vecchio is is an evil person yeah he's like what if blaine weaver was evil yes. uh the life zone follows three women that have been kidnapped from abortion clinics and held for seven months until they all give birth <sighs> That's just so fucking disgusting. It is. It That's is horrible. So morally um, reprehensible. Cutting right down to the middle of the hotly debated issue, the Life Zone examines the topic of abortion from both sides. But as the Los Angeles Times reports, the Life Zone is quote a psychological thriller, bringing on emphatically anti-abortion slant to the hot button issue. Quote the Colbert Report adds quote just mm. like all great horror films, the movie has a shocking twist. And Newsweek and the Daily Beast headlined with. The life zone has caused an uproar. He's so like brain dead. He thinks that like a cool, a fucking Colbert, Colbert report quote could be positive yeah. for him. That someone would read that and be like, oh, that must mean that Stephen Colbert loves his movie. Yeah. So fucking yeah, he made a really disgusting idiot. the life zone movie, which it's like, is this supposed to make like the case for anti-abortion? Because it sounds like 
psychos have kidnapped these poor women. Yeah. Um, well, I, and I know I, there's a twist that they're in hell, the people who uh, well, choose to get the abortions. What I've heard about the movie, because I read a letterbox review that um, there's two of the pregnant women are like, quote unquote, like good girls and are blonde and they yes. end up going to heaven. And then the bad girl she her last name is Horowitz and she's Ooh. a feminist and she goes to hell. <sighs> and that is just it. the most fucking disgusting thing I have ever heard in my life. Um I gasped when I why, why are we movies that we're watching tonight evil? So yeah. This, this episode should be called A Night of Evil. Uh Kenneth has made a semi tongue in cheek documentary series about himself called Renaissance Man. Jesus Christ. Um it's a it's a TV pilot, um, and it's about how he's a filmmaker, uh, actor, a best-selling author, a fest- film festival chairman, and former judge and prosecutor. Um, and it's like a mockumentary TV reality pilot where he calls himself um, the political world's answer to Kim Kardashian. <laughs> Oh, God, you need to see this, like, fucking lard to, to know how funny that lie does. Look um, at a photo of him. He looks like a lard. 1979, he has made a film called The Price for Freedom. Uh, about 1979, Iran, a defense uh, dentist-turned-manufacturer-turned-expatriate rebels with an arsenal of activities to save family and friends from incarceration and death at the hands of the extremist regime, headed by the uh, Ayatollah Khomeini, uh, and to hamper one of the greatest coups, the American hostage crisis, he used money, he used politics, he used manipulation, he used his own underground railroad. Based on actual events, Price of Freedom is one ordinary man's amazing true story of courage, justice, and liberty. So Kenneth, and, and reading on his congressional uh, office page, mm-hmm. uh, he, is, he is extremely interested in the nation of Iran and their... Um, accuring and ability to create nuclear weapons he, he's like they they hate america <laughs> and it's like yeah kenneth i wonder why search yeah. up the 1953 iran coup yeah who did that shit yeah the united states it's fucking <laughs> it's, stupid. it's um it's 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 Can it's we intense talk about his um blue lives matter film yeah so he has a movie called blue lives matter this movie was really interesting interesting to me one can you read the first line of description because it just a filmmaker's dream blue lives matter is one of the only movies ever to be filmed entirely in one shot so that in itself makes me go well this is uh, it's like hardcore henry this is an awesome stupid movie so i watched a trailer for his movie it was making me like cry and laugh because so the movie is like about like a cop from what I gather, I'm not 100% sure. So, you know, don't sue me. Um, whatever your fucking name is. Um, Ken. Ken. Del Vecchio. Kel, Ken, Del, Ken Del Vecchio. Ken Del Vecchio, don't sue me. But from what I gather from your evil, evil, reprehensible movie is that it's about a cop who is, quote unquote, wrongfully convicted of some sort of crime. Yes. So he breaks out of prison and, and kidnaps. kidnaps and tortures every juror and every everyone juror, involved. The judge and every witness. So, basically, so this movie is supposed to make me go, 
oh yeah, that cop is, you know, he's getting his revenge. I watch the movie, I'm like, yeah, that guy shouldn't be a cop. Yeah, you, exactly. You, you, because like in the, and I saw the trailer, he's like violently like shooting. He's like, it's like the, the trailer is so funny. It's just him like shooting a bunch of people and like punching them and kicking them and, and tasing them. Oh my God, so much tasing. He's like, uh, like, like, he's like poor, the poor judge, like, ah, stop. Kenneth's view on gay marriage. And I think Ken voices. He does voice the cop. The cops. Cause his, it's like his like revenge porn. On his um, congressional website, his view on gay marriage was that was, it should be legal. Uh, but private businesses should not be forced to like make a wedding. Yeah, cake and he or made something. a movie about it, right? And he cites all of his citation for everything he believes, like on his like issues page on his congressional website. Mm-hmm. All of his citations are like movies he's made. Yeah, movies or books that he's written. Yeah, and his he cites I think marriage between uh you know same sex marriage mm-hmm. should be legal. I was one of the first people to make a movie about it, and he made a movie called An Affirmative Act, which is about a same-sex couple getting married. <laughs> um, but the last movie I want to kind of cover um, from Ken is, aside from, like, all the, like, weird, like, looks-like, yeah. like, sexy movies on his website. Yeah, because like he's kinky a... kinky killers. Because he is... Seem, based on his movies, it seems like he's, like, a very per- deeply perverted man. Is um, o- O-B-A-M nude. Obam nude, O-B-A-M standing for Occidental Births a Monster, <laughs> which is seems to be kind of a 12 Angry Men-esque film where a man, uh, a, a, a marijuana cocaine-addicted college <sighs> student strikes a deal with the devil that leads to the Oval Office, wherein Kenneth himself portrays Barack who Obama. is essentially Barack Obama. It's so fucking funny. Um, yeah, pretty insane. We were- There's a line in the trailer where Kenneth, as this Obama analog, <laughs> says, um, but I don't just want to be America's first socialist president. I want to rule with the iron fist of communism. Which is so funny. It's so silly. Because, it, it, it like, it, it made me realize that, like, a lot of, like, right-wing conservatives, like, are so, like, schizophrenic. Like, they don't live on this planet because, like, if you think that, like, America in, like, 2012 was, like, Stalinist Russia. Yeah, was, was slipping into communism. You are fucking schizophrenic. Yeah. No, it's... Nothing about your life changed. So except silly. Except that you could opt into a new healthcare program. Yeah. <laughs> like, so... What? <laughs> Kenneth is, 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 is pretty crazy. Uh, in my research about him... I have found he is a bit of a hustler. He has a lot of hustles. He has he, a film festival. He has a film festival, the Hoboken International Film Festival, and in, and in where all movie, of his films have premiered at. Yeah, and and in um the movie that we watched, Karate Mi- Christmas Miracle, and one scene, the um, actress who plays yeah, the mother mom is wearing a t-shirt is wearing a Hoboken book. International and, Film and Festival shirt because we, we hadn't done research when we watched it, and we were like. Oh, ha, I ha, guess that ha. actress, guess actress went to that festival. Yeah, and just wore it on set. That's so stupid. Why would she wear that? Like, no. Oh, what he, a he deliberate was, choice by the filmmaker. Yeah, he was probably like, put this on. Yeah, no, exactly. Which is so, he probably, I don't know if he was like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I should clarify. I would never claim to know. I have, I have no idea what he cho- chooses or does not yeah. choose to do. But so, anyway, um, he has a bunch of hustles. He has a film festival. Um, 
I think his films have won awards at his own film festival, which is funny. That is awesome. I don't, again, don't quote me he, on that. He reminds me so much that of... That was a joke. He reminds me so much of Tim Heidecker's character in On Cinema. Yes, he's very similar to the Tim Heidecker character from On Cinema. Yeah, which is just, like, so funny. Even in the way that he speaks, like, when I was watching the Obama nude trailer, yeah. he's like, just he's like, hope, huh, I kind of like that word. Yeah. It's like how, like, it, when Tim Heidecker does Decker... Yeah, <laughs> it no, exactly. Like it's, it's very so Decker. So great. It, um, and, and and the Blue Lives Matter film is like Decker because it's like that weird like, like get on the ground, get, get on the ground, like stupid like <laughs> Rambo shit. But yeah, so <laughs> he's got a lot of hustles. He uh, he at least for a period of time was in control of a movie theater mm-hmm. uh, in the area where he lives in New Jersey. And again, this is somewhat speculation. We have no idea. I have no idea. I am almost fairly certain he is the operator, editor-in-chief, and sole contributor to a website called EmpireStateNews.net. Oh, my God. Um, which uh, it, it solely focuses on where wrestling people talk about wrestling. Oh. And there are wrestler spotlights, coach spotlights, and the front page, the first thing you can see is uh, a youth wrestler, Luke O'Connor, takes off in Florida like a hurricane. Immediate second article, Renaissance boy, Mario Del Vecchio, Ooh. state champ wrestler, film star, and more. Ooh. And when you go to the coach's corner, you can get all sorts of other interesting insights, such as Cuomo tor- Trounces Nixon in New York Governor primary James emerges as winner for AG Hmm. Um, You know like You know wrestling Related related stuff Yeah exactly (laughs) Um, Bill de Blasio is using public Employee pensions in a political stunt But that's not the one I want to talk about Here What I want to talk about here Is so like I mentioned earlier, there is a sister film to A Karate Christmas Miracle, 2020's A Wrestling Christmas Miracle, mm. that also stars Mario. It is a different family and a different story. But that is awesome. a similar vibe. Um, <laughs> is there a tragedy involved? And I think we have to watch this. <laughs> yeah. Because I don't know if there's a tragedy, at least how Kenneth would see it. It would sound as though there is a character uh, named Ajax Gabriel, who plays Jesse's character's father, mm. who is an Olympian wrestler with a mysterious side career. That side career sees Ajax depart for, to Africa, where he headlines the Christmas Coup. Wow. Um, which is a um, CIA-style overthrow of a dictator in the Congo. Wow, wow. Yeah. Wow. So this is a film about foreign regime change. Yes. Um, but that's not <laughs> what I want to read about. We need to watch that movie, even if we don't yeah. cover it well, for the podcast. Because I, I kind of guess, based on Karate Christmas Miracle, that the politics of it will still be incomprehensible. Because yes. Karate Christmas Miracle... Because Karate Christmas Miracle... Was, I think wait, Kenneth we was smart it? enough to know, because he has made very overtly political films in the past, I think mm-hmm. he was smart enough to know, like, this is a family movie. I might sprinkle in some politics... But I'm okay, going to okay, not commit. Okay, you're giving it too much credit because the movie was about a mass shooting. No. A real life think, mass and, shooting. And, and, but it still, I think, is intended to be like a fucking Christmas <laughs> movie, you know? Have we mentioned that all the mass shooting footage is from another movie that he made? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's something we should mention. 
So, every, so one, we have to mention one more final film that Kenneth made. Yeah, and Karate Christmas Miracle. All the dream sequences and all the footage of the <laughs> mass shooting event is from a different movie that Kenneth wrote that was directed by Christopher S. Lind years ago called Joker's Wild, which was inspired by the true story movie theater massacre in Aurora, Colorado. Joker's Wild is a terrifyingly frightening horror psychological thriller, which transforms into the world of a supernatural hell. (sighs) After a clown masked assailant guns down Aurora Palace's friends and family, the resilient theater owner fights to reopen her business. Formidable foes in the form of politicians and anti-gun activists seek to stop her, but they are on the least of her concern. As some from beyond intend to eliminate more than just a theater business, tackling Second Amendment rights head-on, Joker's Wild has a powerful twist ending. It's so interesting because, as far as we know, there's two movies that he's made that are now in the Aurora Palace shooting cinematic Cinematic universe. universe. Yes. He has created a cinematic universe. Joker's Wild is about the event, and A Karate Christmas Miracle is about... The family, family affected victim. by that event. Insane. I can't imagine doing that. How fucking evil could you be? Can you imagine firstly capitalizing on a literal mass shooting? Yeah. By and, making and a movie called Joker's Wild? And making up like crazy shit about it? Like to make it seem... Yeah, like I a, mean, I haven't making watched, a plot around yeah, it? Yeah, because I haven't seen Joker's Wild, but it seems like he creates a weird fantastical conspiracy around it. Yeah, th- it's one thing... I mean, and just like, based on the clips that we saw in Crowded Christmas Miracle, it's like... Yeah. the So there's like a whole conspiracy with the fog. Owner and the girl, like it's like it's yeah. like a whole crazy, and you know, even if it's just inspired, like I, you know, I, I don't think that you know there's really any content that shouldn't be tackled in film. I yeah. think film should and be challenging. To be said for there's an argument to be had for something uh, like a film like Gus Van Sant's Elephant. Yeah, you know, there's an argument to be had there, and people have had it as to whether or not that you it's know is in good taste is, or not is ethical. Um, I think there's no question here. Yeah, this is truly because something like deeply... Elephant is is trying to be reserved and respectful. Elephant is high art. This is disgusting. <laughs> well, I don't want to get into the high culture, low culture element is, of it. This is bottom of the barrel, shit stained trash. Yes, this guy is trying to make like a conspiracy thriller narrative out of a horrible. Yeah. Event that happened. And shooting where people it died. On a fucking Nintendo DS. Yeah. And casting fucking Eric Roberts in it. Fuck yeah. you. But anyways, <laughs> so yeah, that was something we almost <laughs> forgot to mention that was extremely important. How, how dare you? <laughs> the final thing, the button I want to put in this before we give our snowball ranking, because we're going kind of long today, but this is a bit of a rabbit it, hole. It, but it is worth going long. I think this one is truly worth going long. Yeah. I want to read a couple excerpts from the article Renaissance Boy Mario Del Vecchio, state champ wrestler, film star, and more. And I want you to imagine, I have not read this to Ava before. I did not send this to her. I want her raw reaction. I want you to imagine writing this about your child, son. (laughs) You're a beautiful boy. Yeah. Okay. 13-year-old, very confident, state champion wrestler, film star, and more, who movie co-star Julie McColl, Elizabeth called a little girl's dream. <laughs> um, 
so that's my, the first my, my boy is very handsome um, Mario <laughs> Del Vecchio is one of the physically strongest and toughest athletes in the state of Florida and beyond he is that one kid you want in your corner if you have the problem and he is gifted in so many areas <laughs> Um, let me do a little skipping around here. Uh, stepping into the right weight room, Mario Del Vecchio is equally impressive. Watch here. It links to a private video on the Justice for All Productions mm. YouTube channel of him mm. uh, doing some lifting mm. as he incline bench presses 180 pounds for 10 easy reps, something most men cannot do. <laughs> also, a stand. My son is so strong. <laughs> yeah. My son is very strong. As an accomplished, He's very brave. As an accomplished, well-known professional actor, Mario Dovalcchio already has ten movies under his belt, <laughs> two of which he played the lead role. <laughs> Last Christmas, a wrestling Christmas miracle was released. In starring in this film, Dovalcchio was typecast as the good-looking jock. <gasps> Some of his real wrestling matches were used in scenes. Oh, I'm sure they were. That cuts um, down the cost, right? If you just bring your video camera. You know who's in uh, cr- uh, Wrestling Christmas Miracle is Who? Gilbert Gottfried. That is crazy. And, um, uh, That's actually a, a Martin really Cove weird Martin from Karate Kid and Cobra Kai. That isn't as weird. Well, actually, it is kind of weird because Cobra Kai like kind of popped off, right? Yeah, I think this was before. I think this was shot before the Netflix pickup. I think this was while Cobra Kai was still mm. a YouTube Red series. Mm. Gilbert Gottfried is a crazy pull, though. Yeah. I feel. I feel he's been in a few Del Vecchio joints. Maybe he has weird politics because because I feel like Gilbert. Gil- maybe not. I think maybe he just likes wants the money. money. <laughs> yeah, just wants the money. Well, yeah, because no, Julie, Julie, uh, who plays Elizabeth. Yeah. She- she was riding hashtag riding for Biden on yeah, her Instagram. She's a nice person. Yeah, she has different. Julie. She has different politics than Delvecchio. Interesting. Well, sometimes you have to put politics aside she is and, a just Christian, make a, and just make a great movie. That's Isn't that right. Will sometimes it's just movies. Sometimes it's just about the movies. Uh, a couple final things from this article. He totally wrote about his son. Um, a year earlier, Delvecchio carried the lead male role in a Karate Christmas Miracle, a mystery thriller. <laughs> Cove, again, co-starred in the film along with Academy Award nominee Eric Roberts. Uh, represented by top talent agent BMG, Del Vecchio has recently auditioned for some of the industry's bigger TV shows and movies. If this wasn't all enough, Del Vecchio is a straight-A student. A photographic memory has been an <laughs> asset in his educational endeavors. <laughs> Doing all of the above is nearly impossible for a kid. But it is reality for media-dubbed renaissance boy Mario Del Vecchio, oh dubbed by you. Now, I don't want to... Hold on. Well, However, this young man is grounded. Uh, A final quote from Mario. Okay. Everybody is talented. I like seeing other people do well. I'm happy for them. I hope that others are happy for me. That's how things work best. When people know what they're good at and they're confident about it, and and they're confident about it, and when people recognize what others are good at and they're genuinely happy for them. My dad told me that a long time ago, and I've always felt this way. Wow. Now I don't wow. want to shit on Mario Del Vecchio. I actually, he's a child. I actually hope he has. I, I I hope he turns out okay. I hope he gets away from his insane fucking yeah, dad. I hope I hope he has a full life that full is of less happiness and joy and less, less full hate, of of, less of bile, less yeah. hateful and disgusting, less angry and angry than it seems that his father's may or may not be. I am only um, speculating. Ken seems like a very happy guy. His his bio on his website. Um, 
it, it, it always has a top uh, the top header is a quote from a New York Times article about uh, him uh, stepping down from his job to pursue the entertainment industry full time, oh. which reads from the New York Times, the paper of record, as usual, Mr. Del Vecchio was larger than life. Huh. And he has a photo with Trump. We found his Twitter. We found yeah. like he's and he's just like a right wing shithead. He's a little Trumpy, yeah. Trumpy baby bear. Um, yeah, but anyway, I, I, it's, it's he made a movie that uh, uh, it, you know is his second movie capitalizing off of a horrible tragedy um, <laughs> that he only included footage of so he could put mm-hmm. Eric Roberts on the poster it, for it, this it, movie. It's so weird calling the movie a mystery because no mystery is solved. No mystery movie. is solved. And it would and, be kind of easy to like, do you just have to summarize whatever the mystery was in your last movie and yeah. just put it in this movie? But like, And here's the thing. In doing so, out of all this context, while we were watching it, he made the most Lynchian, Yes. And fascinating. Yes. And I hate to admit it, entertaining to watch and hysterical. It was fucking Christmas truly movie. A it's so bad it's good movie. Yeah. Um. And this and, and, and I can that, see why this is kind of getting the cool cat treatment slowly but surely. Yeah. It, it is annoying that he is so evil and he made it because so you don't want to be like this yeah. wasn't awesome. But it's still a bad movie. Like like when I say it's a good movie, I'm not saying like it's like a good movie that you show your kids. It's it's a fucking like bad movie. Yeah. It's like a movie that is like really poorly made. Really, so there's so many like funny, like hilarious, like um digital zooms and yeah, zooms. No, and, like worse, tr- zoom George outs. Lucas weird transitions. The worst is even the weirder zoom outs. than the Star Wars transitions. The digital zoom outs yeah. are so like Whoa! there's like or, one like, the really s- early on lens snap zoom outs. Yeah, it's crazy. I don't think they even did it on the lens. I think it was all digital. Oh, that first one looks like a lens to I me. Think so I that it looks digital. like and that looks like it's snapped into place and you watch the camera take the snap <laughs> of the zoom lens. It made me scream when I saw it. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is truly a so bad it's good because it's so incoherent and it feels like I mean you feel like you're watching Mulholland Drive. Yeah. Because like the sequences and the you know, about the tragedy are yeah. really this like, really is cryptic. the Norm Macdonald. This is about that tragedy. Yeah. Quote. Well, those scenes are so like cryptic and like in, it's like it's like it's like wait, what are they saying? And it like really like brings you into the story. Like whoa, like what does this mean? Like I have no idea what this means. And then like and then the fact that you just never find out. It's hilarious. Yeah, it's you crazy. Just never find out. Why the boy called the feeder odor? Who knows? All right. Well, we've run long today. Let's wrap this up. Yeah. Can we even rate this with snowballs? I can, st- I can rate this with snowballs. I'm going to rate this as a film separate from... Out of context. Yeah. I'm separating art from the art artist. Art from the artist. Okay. Art from the artist. This is like a four snowball film for me. <sighs> Honestly. Like, it is so much fun. I I felt I, so I might much have to agree. Legitimate joy. If we're going art from artist... For snowballs, if if we're including yeah. also because this movie, like even though there's like political like stuff in it, it's so incoherent. Yeah, you can really it's so vague and like really coded and whatever weird, you want yeah. from it. Like, like maybe the mom is a bad person. We can't really tell. Yeah, it's because it, it, it's so incoherently written. So like. You're not even like, oh, like it has those bad political messages, but it's still really good. Like, no, like you can't yeah. even tell what the fucking political messages are because he's so bad at writing. This guy is probably the worst screenwriter on the planet. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> You're probably right. He, 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 he was given a special gift from God, and the gift was to be the worst screenwriter ever. Yeah, I think I might have to agree with you on the four snowballs. It was it especially was really when taking taking it yeah. art from artist. And I don't even want to rate it with him yeah. in mind because I'm like, well, of course it's like a heart, it's like a snowballless film. Yeah, but it's, like ultimately, I loved it so much more than fucking Three Bears Christmas. Yeah, fuck that movie because that movie made me more angry than this God, movie. That movie was extremely frustrating to sit through. Yeah, that movie made me angry. This movie was not frustrating to sit it through was it was just frustrating to hear about the guy that made it yeah the movie was only frustrating in the fact it was like both three bears christmas and this movie suffer from the same level of in incoherentness yeah like both movies were like i don't understand what's going on in the plot but in the first movie in three bears christmas that was annoying in this yeah. movie that was awesome exactly like, take me for the ride exactly yeah we're here now yeah i i Whatever. couldn't agree more fuck it let's do it so this has been our third episode. Join us next time for more high-concept, yeah. low-budget Christmas B-movies. But for now, you know that these are two supposedly family-oriented Christmas and movies you that you should, should never, never show a child. Never show a child for so many reasons. Um, until Please. next time, ho, ho, ho. ho. Happy holidays. Have a Merry Christmas. Cheers. And uh, we'll see you next time. Cheers.